0: Welcome to my vibrant, vibrant crew. Been looking forward to this one for quite a while since I last talked to Uncle Mike, the Synchro Sage at the Susquehanna River. Interverse listeners have got to be familiar with him, but he included me into Jenny Rivers, who I think we're going to have a very fun time getting introduced to as well. Uh, you know, Michael, he's got SusquehannaAlchemy.com and the YouTube channel, the same name. And Ginny has Riversong Wellness, where she's offering bodywork, wombcraft and other ceremonial rites of passage, which I think is really cool. Synchronistic mix with the Matrix demystifier Michael over there, because a womb is a matrix and the larger reality that we're returning to, in my opinion, is the cosmic womb or the cosmic egg. And I'm really excited to get in here. Welcome to everybody in the chat. There's too many of you to name, but you all know how awesome you are. So, let's get going. Welcome, Mike and Jenny. How are you guys doing? Chance, thank you for having us. Uh, and and I don't know if you
1: if you if you made this clear to the listeners. Je, Jen, Jenny's my girl. I'm I'm hers. So it's like when you when you listen to our stories together. Um, or separately, like think about how they intertwine, because that's a lot of a lot of one of the reasons I wanted to have Jenny on or or, or why this made sense is because all of this, and it's not just it's not just me and her, but like, you know, all of us who are who are developing this community right now, we're all blending together what we bring into it. So, um Thanks for having us. Uh, you, that was a beautiful introduction. And now I'd like to pass it on to Jenny so she can say hello herself.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, thanks for having me. It's it's really um, exciting to be here. I am pretty new to all of this podcasting world, but I've been having a lot of fun in the experiences I've been having recently. Um, and I I just I'm kind of caught off guard by the womb metaphor that you kind of you mentioned it even in the description of this talk and it's just kind of got my wheels turning because I've never made that connection of like you know this living matrix or the whole universe being like this womb uh which is kind of crazy because now I'm like holy shit like there's you know, these cycles that are going on. And of course, like, of of course that that's, that's what it is. So thank you. Thank you for that. That's, I'm going to be chewing on that for a while.
0: Wombs within wombs. Wombs
1: within wombs. So Chance, how are you?
0: (laughs) I couldn't be better. As you can see, I've got like my favorite new t-shirt on, which looks good on me. I have to say
1: we were co- we were commenting because we we didn't know if the if the mic was listening. But I was like, "Did you see that shirt Chance is wearing? He looks good in it." And Jenny's like, "It's a good looking shirt. shirt." And it's
0: so I got soft. it from a Jenny soft, right? too. So that's even cooler.
2: You got it from me?
0: No, a different Jenny. A different oh, Jenny.
2: Like- yeah, no. <laughs> it was
0: a really nice gift. It's, I was super surprised and so happy about it.
2: I was really surprised at like the softness of the t shirts. Like I really oh. appreciate the. I don't know. They're just nice. When I fold the laundry, I'm like, hmm, "This is nice."
1: Right? They're it's nice really shirt. Consistent. Like we're, we're we're promoting my shirt, so I appreciate that because we're coming up to the holiday season, and with all of the with all of the like doomsday preparation for what is to come, sometimes you just got to get a friggin' t shirt. And so if you're that person <laughs> and if you're finding yourself that, because they've told us, they've told us to do our Christmas shopping early. And they even told us last year that last year would be the last Christmas, but we're not going to hold them to their word. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, whatever gift giving you give at the end of the year of the solstice season, the t-shirt is a good possibility. So thank is you. Is it really the last Christmas? That's what the queen said last year. The queen said that last year. Wow. It was like a big deal. Everyone's like, well, why is the queen say it's the last Christmas?
0: I'm dropping your swag link here. All right, where people can get much. the same shirt or other year. Cause you also have your own art on, on the uh, shirts too. There's awesome. some of the art
1: there's, a, there's like a, there's a mixed bag. I mean, I'm going to be quite honest. Like, like I kind of like putting it out there when I was setting up that shop and I was like, Oh my God, there's all these interesting things to do. But at the end of the day, like I really just like haven't looked at that for a while, but Uh, the inventory of the stuff I created, like way before I started talking, uh, publicly, um, that's what that, the art represents that period of my life. Like, you know, it's, I think it's some pretty good stuff and, um, you can see it there and you can see that on shirts and, and, and like little postcards and stuff
0: like that. I think it's cool. So Jenny, what about you in terms of art? What do you like to do as a creative flow states Um, and practices?
2: Yeah, well, you might have seen, I don't know if you saw this on my website, but I, I kind of got really into these yantras, which I kind of learned what that was and learned uh, how to uh, participate with that, which I think it's like a participatory art meditation tool. Um, so I have those. I mean, that's, that's not something I've just kind of created those for myself and a couple extras for some friends. Um, but in terms of other creative things, I'm actually working on, um, a quilted, well, we're calling it the star quilt. So it's the starboard. Oop, we got a cat catastrophe behind us. Um, but cat
0: ass <laughs> That's what we call it around here. Yeah. We have reasons.
2: One of those. <laughs> um, so it's the starboard and I'm kind of keeping it pretty true to the original form of, of Michael starboard. I don't know if you've had an, a chance to experience that um or see it or in any form of, of Michael's starboard, but uh have you?
0: I've seen it and I know the concept and someday I would like a session, but I will say I've been mega inspired by Mike with the whole one foot on the inner world, leaning hard. Here's the next month. I showed you last wow. month when we talked and, world the uh, it's more elaborate this time now i've got transits marked, and Ooh. it's really <laughs> it's like i don't even need to refer to it that much once i make the book it just gives me a reference point and a magical artifact that draws my attention and like you were saying i think i have a better feel for where in the sky stuff is going to be at a given night whenever i'm out there i can just kind of feel it and this is just month two of that another thing inspired by you i played I played Tarot Solitaire right before this. How did that go? How did that go? Well, I was going to lose, and I gave myself a ninth row. And I made up some of the rules of how there I was are play the the I wa- well, There are eight rows? We there's a lot of ways to play Solitaire. So I played the way that I remembered, and it had been a long time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I won because I kind of gave myself some special rules. Uh, like, I played with the Major Arcana in... And the, the, the trick I gave myself that let me win was that Major Arcana could be played on any other Major Arcana out of order. But you still got to be strategic because if you put one that's lower below higher ones, then it'll be stuck there for a while.
1: I don't, I don't understand how you played Major Arcana.
0: They became their own, you know, like you try to like clear. The fifth suit? It's like its own suit. Yeah. That you just do in order. Huh. That's sort of how it, and yeah, that's sort of how I played it. But I was also improvising; just a lot of fun too.
1: Well, that's the whole thing, right? Because you're, like, you're mixing, you're mixing the two different things. Did, what was it like for you? Or, or this is what was for me. Like, I got really tripped up thinking of the tarot, the 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 tarot elements in terms of their corresponding suits and the colors. Like, okay, uh, cups is black you know, or, or, you know, that was tricky for me. Did you, did was that tricky for you?
0: I was pretty ready for that because of just associating the feminine elements with black and the masculine with red. Also it helps that I have this weird Alice in Wonderland tarot. This isn't the one I played with, but this one puts those suits in that, uh, in that order, ah. but it, but it changes things. So it does mess you up a little bit. Like here's the King of pepper mills. It's pepper mills instead of wands. <laughs> <laughs> it's flamingos <laughs> instead of swords. Uh, someone gave me this a few years back. It's a really weird tarot, Alice in Wonderland tarot. I like nice. that one. Fun times. Yeah, uh, there's a. Since we were talking about Queen Elizabeth, Lizard Beast, maybe in the chat they're talking about how maybe the reason it was her last Christmas is because she's a uh, Gonzo done. That's a rumor that's floating around.
1: Uh, I mean.
0: <laughs> I, I want to
1: go back to <laughs> talking about the, the starboard. So we're going to go and talk about the please do. Back. Yeah. But I want to go back to that. We're going to be on for a while. So remind uh, remind us to bring that back up because there's some interesting things there. And there's some interesting new observations, which I want to add to your moon journey, which has come up, but, but let's, you know, the, so I'm going to apply what we're seeing in the United States, you know, I'm, uh, I'm going to be United States centric of like how they're presenting the Biden character to the masses. Like there's a ridiculousness with it, with the set of the white house. And, and a lot of the news has taken on kind of a different subtle feel. If you've, if you can, if you pay close enough attention to like, pre pre pre-pandemic reporting and post-pandemic reporting but the point i'm trying to make is like There's a blind spot there. And I asked myself, like, how big is it? Like, how fake is it? Like, is it so fake that that's like, like, this is literally just a movie set. Like, there's no White House. This is not filmed in a movie set. This is wag the dog level. And we don't even care anymore. And we're just going to rub your nose in it, you know, or is it like, you know, what level? So I hold that question. Like, is the whole thing just like, you know, simulation? And I would say the queen fits in that as well. Because and so so like both of those, like addressing the question, which you brought up, like, um, you know, is she even still around? Like the whole thing, the whole system of, of control on the different levels, is it even still around?
0: I just there's so much about it that's acting related and Hollywood connected that I wonder how much the monarchs have ever been real you know or the fact that the history that the forbidden history suggests that most of the textbooks are made up too so it's simulations on simulations yeah I've never, met,
1: I've never met a monarch i've just been born into a system that has told me that this monarch exists i've seen a picture and i've seen the moving picture of her um You know, that's. You could even say the same thing about the president. Maybe you've you've actually seen a picture of him. But but I mean that question, like just to the point of we have a blind spot. We have a blind spot of the nature of our experience here on Earth. Like the whole human experience, there's a blind spot. And what I mean by that is, there's something we we don't know because if if we knew it, we wouldn't have these questions. But once you realize you have a blind spot, then you have to come to this realization. If 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 you can do it, is like. I got no idea how big that blind spot is. And so these questions which we had like is ridiculous or, or is they are or is they may sound like like applying like a, a a real question or curiosity is the only way to navigate a space which you have no idea how big it goes. And you can have a lot of fun with it. And if anything in my opinion it's like it's in this space where reality is even created.
0: Yeah, hair sniff too when you look at the photos of him from 2012 as VP hair sniff. And now he doesn't even look very similar. The earlobes are what freak me out. <laughs> <laughs> he has attached earlobes in one year as vice president and floating unattached earlobes in another. I don't remember which is which, but that always just gave me a serious uh, pause. All right. I'm
1: give you an opportunity. Cause I, I just wouldn't jump right on it, but what do you, what do you have any thoughts on Biden? Cause we talk about him all the time. He's, he's one of our favorite like conversation characters,
0: the fresh prince of smell hair.
1: <laughs> it's it's. And so, uh,
2: I mean, I don't really have much to say on Biden besides like, yeah, I, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if none of that was real. Uh, because it just, none of it looks, none of it looks real. Every time we watch the news, it's like a reality, like game show. Uh, like horror mixed with, I don't know, emotional, I don't know, like the way that they do all of that. But yeah, in terms of Biden specifically, I don't have a comment.
1: So, so because I like to watch the story. So you, once you're open to the idea, you're open to the idea, like, I don't know how, like we all know that it's all bullshit, but to what degree of bullshit is like still part of this, this blind spot area. So, I like to pay attention to the news but mostly because i like to see what they're telling and how they're telling it it's like you know it's so right now i don't know how close you are at following this but in the last week like the the way they began they began the biden story and it was the most ridiculous thing it was like right after the election and they showed like the inauguration and the, the 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 news the newscaster, the guy who's like describing the events, he's des- he's looking at these beams of light which are coming up from from the uh, from the earth, and this is right after, and particularly with the news base of who's going to be watching, it's like right after the defeat of the old president. There's all this emotion, and this is the 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 president who's received the most amount of votes in history, and this guy is our savior, and this is what they say: they say those lights are like biden's arms wrapping around the earth with his love and like everyone's freaking out because you're like you know he's the hair snifter what do you mean he's touching me like that but then there's also like this ridiculous story of this like of this person that like, we've never heard of a president talk in these like emotionality terms uh, that way. Like everything about it was like often weird. So fast forward to this week. So we've got these two stories, which is what the news is telling you. They're kind of saying this like, or the mainstream, like down low, but it's mainstream down low. They're like, um, Joe Biden shit his pants when he went to the Vatican. And when he went to meet uh, Prince Charles, he couldn't stop farting. Like these are the stories that are out there. So these stories don't just happen. These are like the images of what are being crafted in the minds of people. So when you go and you look at this kind of like mind fuck of like grandpa Joe, who's hugging you and now he just like has no control over his bodily functions. So that's a story. But, but the way I see it, this is if I'm going to go and follow someone else's story, I'm going to add to it. And this is what I've been saying for a week now. Is like, For whatever reason, what seems to make more sense is like, this is it. Like David Ike was spot on um, with the reptilian interdimensional controlling of of the leaders. I'm like, this is, this is what's happening. Like, this is like literally a skin suit, which this entity is able to do. And this is kind of like, almost like Simpson-esque, like how the Simpsons would show that alien who's trying to be human, but it's slightly off. And I'm like, that's what Biden is. He's that alien. And they don't even give a shit anymore. That's the alien. So that's the story for me with Biden right now. That's what that that's that's what's been tickling me.
0: Uh, I'm really into that subject matter. I was reluctant to look at reptilians as a concept, and then I started reading Pierre Sabak. You heard of him? How's it spelled? S-A-B-A-K. S-A-B-A-K. No. Yeah, he's got a couple of really amazing books. The one I'm reading right now is Holographic Culture. Okay. But the one I plan to follow up with is The Murder of Reality. And I've been reading, yeah, The Murder of Reality.
1: (laughs) Will you you walk us through kind of like what, Mm -hmm. what he's writing about, which is speaking to you?
0: Yes, because I think that you'll find this pretty interesting as a, you know, you're into words right? And etymology. There's a lot there. And I think what Sabak did was just read dictionaries, English to Latin or Latin to English, Greek to English, Aramaic, Arabic, Hebrew. And he found these amazing, what he calls polyglottal puns, where concepts have linkages in one language, but they also have that same wordplay in all the other languages. So, when we're talking about reptilians or seraphim, there are these words that relate to serpents and reptiles and dragons that also mean watchers, observers, angels, and sailors. Sailors, and sailors, huh. angelic sailors is what he calls them. Those they come from the, the saucers, the discs. And So, his book is just a very deep examination and cross referencing of all these words and languages, various languages and spiritual traditions, looking at the Bible verses that are talking about this. And anyway, you get, you get, um, instead, can instead of ask, the word can I ask God. You a question
1: uh, about yeah. it? does he go into like a, a narrative of what this means like kind of like um what zachariah sitchin interpreting like the, the 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 babylonian script or is he just like interpreting words and identifying patterns like does he add an interpretation into like what these patterns
0: suggest he yeah. adds an interpretation for sure Okay. but the patterns are the patterns they're right. Deb- the patterns are the patterns. So they're it's definitely like, there. And I have a bit of a different interpretation than Sabak. but here's our right. good friend, Alan talking about how in the murder of reality, there are many quotes taken from David Ike and Ike has quoted Sabak in kind. They're kind of started to play off of each other, but so,
1: so let me just say this real quick and I'm just going to drop this in your mind. Cause this is one of the things which, which, which I've been thinking about. Um, David Wilcock and David Ike are kind of like two sides of a of a different coin, and and they came around around the same time. They both sell a ton of books, and there there there's an overlap, but there's a separation between the two. And the thing which I which 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 is the the biggest wordplay to me is the fact that they both have um phallic symbology in their name, right? Like Wilcock and Ike.
0: I don't
1: know what that means, but, but, but that's definitely has been noted.
0: Uh, Yeah, there's, (laughs) it's a, it's a weird dream we're in. I mean, I, the day that we talked, I had a triplicity of Michael's going on. You know, I was was releasing a podcast with a Michael. I was on a Michael podcast and you were Michael on my podcast. And that just seems to continue like this Archangel Michael vibe of coming through Dudes named Michael, <laughs> like <laughs> sword of truth, you know. Against what does he do? He crushes the head of this serpent. But so
1: go back to that. Yes. Yeah, so the about the sabak and the serpent and the wordplay.
0: Well, there's so much there, but you know, exactly Alex. It's gonna take a lot to unpack, but uh, and maybe we can't unpack it all. But what I want to talk about is if there are. These angelians, if you will, uh, reptilian serpent beings that are material and spiritual simultaneously, maybe phasing between the two. And we think about transhumanism. This is what I want to get you guys on now that we're here. (laughs) You guys pulled it out of me somehow uh, because it's what I've been thinking about so much. Okay, so why do we build robots and algorithmic intelligences? It's to manipulate dimensions that we can't easily access in our physical form. And by dimensions, I don't just mean other aspects of size-related scale. There's other forms of scale that you could consider dimensions beyond just the pixel width. And that could be weight, like machinery that can lift heavy things that we can't handle. It can be numerical calculations that our minds can't crunch that fast. So if that's why we create the the robots and the AI, if you want to call it AI, well, let's think about why would there be these seraphim or these serpent alien angels that theoretically, according to the old scriptures and, and traditions, had some hand in either creating humanity or manipulating the way humanity developed. And so it would have to be I think for a similar reason that they would not have the ability to manipulate our reality the way that we do. And so when you think about if it's a serpent and it's more of an astral being, maybe it's an energy column, like a spine, like the chakra center that we have, because if it's all wombs within wombs or eggs within eggs, a fractal life force energy expressing itself similarly across scale, then that very core aspect of, the way that this vertical energy channel works for us would probably be an effect for these beings. And maybe they just don't have limbs like we do. And that's why they look like a serpent. It's just the spine, right? Something like that. And geez, there's so much to it, but I think it's interesting that they seem to come in and out of our ability to perceive them according to the, I've never seen them at all. Right. But there's all kinds of stories and, and writing about it. Maybe that's not that different than how we interface with the technology. It doesn't see us unless we're connecting to it through the interface, right? And if all energy is life force energy and it just takes on a different feel consciousness wise based on its container or its vessel, then there could be some form of relative consciousness just in a closed loop circuitry electrical system like any of the devices we use or even in crystals and things of that nature or in everything. Uh, so <laughs> I might stop here and see where you guys go from there. Cause otherwise I'll keep going on, but it makes, I'm trying to make the whole thing less spooky and less scary for everyone that at the end of the day, I see the thing that's one in the universe or in the, the reality as life force energy it's the I am that is in everything. And that is electrical in a way. So it's the, I am that's in the is I am what I am. And it is what it is. God and goddess. But even that guy that is the, I am in the Bible, they call Yahweh Saboath, which actually means the Lord of the hosts. And it's in, when you think about hosts, <laughs> you know, these are, that's what the vessels are. They host the energy of life force energy and maybe that's what the you know the lizard beast queen character or the the uh joe biden character that seems like is possessed by something there's uh it's a host for some other electrical energy that we can't perceive but it's in there i don't know these are i've gone on enough ranting but <laughs> do, you have, do you have a thought
2: well i i to be honest i don't know very much about lizard people or the reptilians like it's something that i've i've heard and i've come across um but i, I
1: draw lizard people all the time and i'm sure, sure. <laughs> I've,
2: come I've come across it but i i agree with you chance and that like what feels true to me i don't know that that's the case i don't know that i have no like I I'm fascinated by those theories that people have come up with that are tying together, you know, all of these, you know, bits of information that would lead one down that road to, to believe that. Um, uh, but for me, what, what feels true is, is that basis of that. Everything is part of this oneness and, uh, if that's the case, like the, the lizard people are part of this beautiful universe that, you know, we're all a part of. Um, so it's an interesting it's an interesting thought to to think about, like, OK, well, I know that not everything is good. And I don't think the the whole entirety of, of everything that is is necessarily good or bad but I think that it is an unfolding process. And so if there are these lizard people or, rep- or reptilians or anything, you know, that that's, we're part of that too. Um, and again, I, I see that similarity between us having some kind of relationship with something with another dimension like technology or like the internet and um, And I think it all just does stem back to this desire to realize our godness and like that's maybe tied into it. Is it like these reptilians have forgotten that they don't need to go and take over everyone to to be god i've never heard you
1: talk about the reptilians before because i always ask chance this is a special night (laughs) it's a special night because someone normally doesn't play the reptilian game with me
0: so now i'm very. i've avoided it i've avoided the the subject
1: at this point because they're telling you the president on national news that the president shit in his pants in front of the pope Everything is on the table right now. If you <laughs> can't talk reptilians right now, you can't talk nothing.
0: Okay. So, so this...
1: let, let me, I want to, I want to throw this. Uh, is there anything more, I didn't mean to cut you off? Is there anything more, which, which you want to add on the Real report?
0: quick. I want to say that I'm with you, Jenny, that there's going to be good ones, quote unquote, and bad ones. Just like, you know, if some of them are trying to farm us for our louche like the, they say in these Gnostic circles, then there would have to be some that are trying to free the livestock just like you got carnivores and vegans today uh but right. what you just said michael i have to cuz we're getting a little behind on the call in line although i usually don't start hitting it hard till the second hour but i have to share this meme that was in the call in line uh, <laughs> thinking of small talk top- topics <laughs> this is probably going to get us in trouble on youtube just to, just the words on the screen right now but whatever this is hard. what <laughs> you know we're talking about lizard people and we're, we're there, we went there fast. And so, you know, we're beyond small talk and I appreciate that. That's what I'm here for.
1: So, so can I make a comment about the, about the the, the potentiality? Like, I mean, I talk about lizard people, just potentialities, maybe symbols or something else, but I also pay attention to what people say. Um, And like, uh, I have a good friend of mine who was like a really, really, um, uh well known and respected yoga instructor in um in Manhattan like you know she was she was like top tier from both her knowledge and her ability and her ability to teach and she was like she lived she lived the life she talked the talk she walked the walk um and then through her life um through and she's one of the most intelligent people who I know she's married to one of my uh, closest friends and in her path along her path uh she 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 took a, a, a turn from where she was on the line she was on before and uh she now walks a christian path and this is a a very thoughtful a very intelligent a very knowledgeable individual and the conclusion which she made is like the whole idea of um, yoga being this 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 dangerous vedic tradition where when you're working with chakras you're you're actually opening up um, you're opening up vortexes for uh, demonic activity um, and that may be like a, in a, a stretch, but what does make sense to me is the fact that you're at least opening yourself up. and if you don't know what exactly you're doing, like you know, it's like leaving your 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 windows down and you you're parking in 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 New York City. You don't know what you're gonna find if you're gonna find anything when you come back. Um, so there's that. So I want to add that, you know, and if there's such a thing as like a a, a different dimension that just meaning like, you know, outside of our experience, just like we can see below us very easily, we have to assume within our our blind spot that there's something above us. And like, you know, this would be the way which you would access a human being. But this is the question which, which really makes Mike ponder about the human experience and the human being and like how and what became uh, what we know. Um, we have built into our consciousness mechanism you know like how we experience our reality and body and all that sort of stuff we have an enormous backdoor like if we're going to use um if we're going to use techno a technology metaphor like written into written into our consciousness uh is this capability of completely influencing everything which we are doing and thinking and our motivation and we have no idea it's happening. Like this is a, a backdoor to a software program. Like when they talk about, yeah, the CIA, they create this program and they left a backdoor in it so that whenever they need to access it, they can get in and leave no trace. Like the human consciousness is designed that way. The human, co- and if you ask any hypnotist, as any stage magician, as any occultist, as any therapist, like, you know, the, the it's the same model of understanding. There's a huge huge um blind spot which we have for our own experience our own thinking and all this sort of stuff so then the question i ask and this goes back to the most basically you know do you believe the the universe is a friendly place or a dangerous place is like who or what designed that and for what purpose is this a natural evolution is this naturally how we change is did our environment create that to best serve us well if that's the case well how does that best serve us were we created for something else? Is there even a black swan scenario? Like you know, that's what I find is interesting. But I also think that's where the the, the reptilian narrative, at least, could come into play.
0: Well, I threw this up while you're saying that because you're talking about the back door, and this was shared in the chat by, exactly. or the, uh, the Telegram group by Alan, the triune brain. Very interesting, the Holy Trinity of our gray matter, and if we accept. And I do, from personal experience, that life is fractal, hollow fractal. Then the fact that our our entire brain structure and our thinking is ruled by this reptilian brain stem or base that then grows out towards the neocortex, which is the higher human mind, or you say high, you could say higher, or just further out. Like this is almost like rings in a tree, which reminds me of the tree of life or the cosmic egg model things i'm really into but then if the reptilian brain is the beginning of that then on a fractal sense i mean maybe that's just metaphorical metaphysical explanation of that we came like somehow came from reptile beings you know and i i don't know it's uh it's interesting i didn't really put that together before that there's uh then the thing you said about the Yoga and Kundalini, that's interesting, too, because it's depicted as serpents rising Mm -hmm. and descending to meet each other. And I don't know. I wonder if I really wonder about that. I think how I depict the um, idea even of possession is electrical for me that I, I conceive of consciousness as energy and like water. It takes the shape of its container. Its vessel and that if you have a vessel that's cracked or compartmentalized where some of that energy is not flowing in circulation with the rest then like water you create stagnation and in a sense you create a demonic consciousness because demonic means two or divided so if you've got a portion of your and i recognize this because i work in people's arc fields with tuning forks and I hit that. I hit the patches of compartmentalized energy. Sometimes it's so stagnant that I'm just doing my thing. I'm moving the fork through the field near their body. And I hit a patch where all of a sudden I forget what I'm doing and I almost fall asleep on my feet. And that's like the most intense version of it that I can hit. And so I know that there's some unconsciousness that comes about from the uh, stagnating of chi. It, when it's stuck in a, a vortex or a, com, a compartment and that if that energy is still life force energy and thus conscious to some degree or connected to what we call and we, what we experience as consciousness, then compartmentalized energy is what demonic entities are in a way. True. I mean, this is an oversimplification because there's other aspects to it too. There's ancestral energy. You're, your electrical field actually connects back to all your ancestors and there's a part of the biofield that dictates that or not dictates that but is that flow it's actually called the the ancestral river there's a specific part of little ways off the body on each side one's the maternal one's the paternal side and sometimes i hit those patches and somebody's grandma will start talking to me <laughs> in my mind and tell tell me something like I pass parasites on to all my children and they need to do parasite cleanse or things like that. It's very interesting. So my point is that even the even demons in a sense are ruled by the same laws as the darker cult or the sorcerers or the military or corporations, which is mm-hmm. compartmentalization, keeping one segment away from knowing about the rest, which is what inevitably causes harm to be possible because, uh, you know, you they know not what they do in a in a way, or they don't know that they're connected to everything else. And they think, and that's part of what we're going through in this shift in humanity is going from the belief that we're all these individual isolated platforms and islands into the knowing that everything we do ripples out to everybody else all the time and everything else, everything is everything. So it's very helpful <laughs> to learn these dynamics from any direction whether it's studying angelology and demonology or the electric universe theory. But I want to hit you with a question that I'm a little behind on chat stuff. I want to hit you with a quick question. It doesn't have to be a, a long detour, but want Jenny B wants to know, are you air signs? And I think Mike, you're a fire sign, right?
1: Uh, I mean, it depends upon how you're going to define that. I so mean- if we want to say uh, tropical, my sun is uh, is is my sun is fire, my moon is air
0: and my rising is water. Cool I'm a fire sun air moon myself. Nice. And yeah in
2: tropical my sun is fire and my moon is is well it could be either air or or earth. it's like on the cusp. so I've gotten either zero degrees. Aquarius or 29 degrees Capricorn for my moon and Leo rising.
0: Uh, Leo rising right here. Nice main character.
2: Um, I wanted to go back because I, I was thinking a lot about this like reptilian brain and like the, the, the demon thing. And, and also what you were saying, chance of like, how, how the whole idea of like, what a demon is is like that separation And like, even as we're talking about what demons are is we're separating ourselves from that saying like those over there, those are the dark entities and we're the good ones. And, and um, I, you know, we have to be all of it. Um, And so there's like these, there's these dark forces, but they're, they're within us too. And like, you know, I don't know. I feel like demons are always like talked about as like these separate things that don't belong here, but the fact that they exist is like, you know, saying that they're here, that, you know, they belong, you know, I, I tend to think that there aren't any mistakes, that everything is happening for a reason. And I think that that's where, like, that's where my dissonance is, is when, when the demonology or like the, the reptilian things is, it's very like, they don't, they're not, they're not supposed to be here. And like everything else that's going on, and they're coming and they're messing it up. And we're, we're trying to have this good thing here, but it goes back into like that trickster thing where like, you know, when when you're born, you're uh, <laughs> saying that's demonic is demonic. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, when we're born, there's this idea of like you get this demon attached to you when you're when you're born. And I guess it like, uh, you know, goes back to this angel and demon that, you know, we we have both sides within us. But that demon is is there for us. Uh, to help us, to help us um, in our growth, to help us in, in, I don't like to use the word evolving, because when I'm thinking about the reptilian brain, like, it's always talked about, like, oh, like, shut up your monkey mind, or like, you know, we have to rise above this, like, reptilian thing. But if you looked at that chart, it's like, that's where our, like, instinctual, like, that's our intuition. That's like the deep feminine. That's like the, why would we want to get rid of that? And also, too, like the serpent is very much tied into the feminine um, and how the feminine has been very much demonized in in culture. And so for so long and even now today. And so like taking what we don't understand, taking that something that isn't convenient for us, like the feminine, which is always changing and isn't a constant and is constantly going through these um these cyclical changes that are not help or that are not convenient for our modern way of living especially like a linear way of thinking um and so yeah i think like the the demonization is very much tied into the feminine in that it's just something that we our rational minds are, are the ones having this conversation but our intuitive like unconscious minds are are just observing it uh whoa we got a cat (laughs) (laughs) um I feel like there was something else I was going to say about that too oh it had to do with like the yoga thing which I I loved when you told me that story because um it's absolutely true like uh or I hear people all the time like oh I want to I want to this is closed I need to like open this up and I'm like why (laughs) why do you need to open it or or what are you allowing to flow through it um, if, you know, you open your third eye or, like, open up your root chakra or, like, whatever, whatever that, whatever that means. And I think it's, like, it's all tied into this, like, positive health and wellness type of community or outlook, Um But sorry, the comments are really distracting because I'm like I'm trying not to. No, no, it's okay. I'm like, but I want to read them. But um, uh, but yeah, I think that that's a really interesting idea, especially when when you look at a lot of the harm that's been done in yoga, in, in specifically with gurus and teachers within yoga communities, is they are like for sure teaching their students to open up, and then they're coming in there to like fill that void and having in a lot of cases, a very negative um, influence over these students' lives. And it's a very unhealthy like power dynamic that that's been prevalent in the yoga community since it's been around. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to mention that.
0: I think well another really useful way to look at this is with the archetype idea, and another great Michael Tisseron. He talks all the time about the inner zodiac or the conversation you have with the archetypes as they express themselves within you and through you. Man, sometimes I even feel like I'm talking to whatever Pisces is, or you know those different characters, and on a level of life force energy closer to source or oneness, maybe there are gods like that that express through us and. I think that would, as a concept, maybe explain the ridiculous levels of synchronicity that almost make the world seem orchestrated or programmed. That there's actually be an aspect of being or aspects of being that, not that we're their puppets, but that we are, (laughs) we're, we're toys though, in a sense, or like, you know, I think it's all in fun and games really. But these archetypes, whenever we have an imbalanced relationship with them, because I think that we influence them as much as they influence us. And that's part of the dynamic that I want to help people see that that's why creating your own systems is so crucial, so vital that you're not at the whims of another man's version of those archetypes or an older society in a previous age that no longer fits the climate of the sky clock or the, the point of the river of flowing life force energy. But these archetypes, when they do come in as negative or demonic, when you think about what is actually being suggested to you as the person receiving the bludgeon into the head, metaphorically, it's that, Hey, look at this. Hey, here's stagnation. Hey, here's a place where you could restore flow and connectivity and communication. Oh, this is ugly and unlovable. Well, we're just going to keep putting it in your face until you learn how to love it and put it where it belongs. Alchemy on an inner sense, inner alchemy is about putting all the pieces of you back where they go back in the right spot so that the interconnectivity and the flow is restored as opposed to being a a scrambled up jigsaw puzzle, like scrambled eggs.
2: (laughs) Right. Like we have to, we have to experience the stagnation in order to, appreciate the flow like there has to be that those two opposing forces to keep it to keep it moving even though like you know the flow is moving but you wouldn't you wouldn't appreciate it would be boring if you just had flowing like all of the time and it was just this easy this
1: easy journey which is why like last week we had the the thank your demon day because we're appreciative of the separate, which gets us to go and have these experiences, and so isn't that what sewing's all about? is thanking our demon
0: right? The obstacles are the course, and your inner child loves obstacle courses.
1: That's what they've told me, and it could just be the demons who are writing it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever solve it, you know, and that's part so, of fun too
1: so well. Uh, can we talk about the moon for a second
0: we can talk about anything we could leave this for now or completely I, it, all, no it all
1: loops back it all loops back but 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 I think that you and I we've had this conversation before is and like just recognizing the fact that um at least I, I I hold this to the possibility is like um I don't know what the moon is. And I don't know if it's artificial. I don't know if it was an original part of this of this environment or if it was added. And if it was added, was it added for my benefit or not? So like all of those sort of things, like I'm aware of that. But nonetheless, like because I ain't got nothing better going on, like I put a lot of energy into the moon in the fact that it allows me to energy I would put somewhere. I'm not putting it into a, a false reality system. I'm at least putting it on the level of false reality, which could create moons. So that being said, that, and we've talked about that. We've talked about like, you know, the benefit of like just putting your awareness, like what you showed us in the beginning chance of the, uh, um, of your, your month, which you drew out and you're like, oh, I, I don't even look at this. It's just the process of going through it, which does something to me. So, um, so there was a, a new, a new observation, a new conclusion a new awareness, something new something new about the moon has, has revealed itself. And I kind of want to share that with you.
0: I'm super in. I've had some realizations about the moon too, or expansions on how I look at it, I guess.
1: Well, and, and, th- and I want to say this before we go there. Uh, it's my opinion and I'm going to talk about this or we're going to talk about this and maybe, uh um, in a great deal of detail, which, which certainly implies the amount of thought and energy, which goes into it. Um, But it's my opinion that it's the act of putting your energy into the moon, like more so into anything which is not within the closed loop system of culture. uh, That's what the value is. So it's not so much like what the specific details are, but the more you learn about something, the more you observe and the more you can look at it in a different way, all that's doing is fine tuning your capability of taking consciousness and seeing things differently outside of the dimension of, of created ideological reality. All right. Does that make sense? Are we on the same page? Yes. All right. All right. All right. So get a load of this. Guess when, guess what's happening. Guess what's happening when, when there's a new moon, what's happening? How would you describe what's happening when there's a new moon?
0: Well, there's two ways that I might describe it. First of all, maybe it's a new moon because the moon, whatever that is, is gone, totally gone. Ooh. And there's something brand new coming later. All right, all
1: right, all right, all right. Like, I've been like, talking like that to one th- swapped out and then they put in the new one. Like it's almost <laughs> like a, a ball or a, uh, that goes around and drops down the hole and then they give you a new one. Like that's <laughs> one possibility. Right.
0: And, and it's then like there's- that,
1: short, that 24 hour period, it's like there's a gap.
0: Now, I've also been talking with Benjamin Balderson a lot, and he's got uh, an alchemical perspective on the Earth-Sun-Moon system being a galvanic cell or a electrical battery. And in this conceptualization, he's actually, and there seems to be ways to support this when you start thinking about it that way, that Luna is actually the male and Sol is the female, which is very interesting because the moon when it is going into the new state it is transparent or not solid it's not hard and then as it fills it gets hard and then there's more to it in terms of the idea of it electrically ejecting some something as a in an anode cathode way it into or towards the sun that's recharging the system and it's that oscillation but We'd have to call Ben to get him to explain that more. Well, <laughs> but they, we've lot, done some good episodes on that
2: in a lot of different cultures. It was always that way exactly. Uh, I want to say maybe Japanese. I, I know there's like multiple where it was the the masculine was the moon and the feminine was the sun
0: and when we talk about matrix manipulators and Masonic pillars, these are true false systems. and, including good and evil and demons bad angels good and all of that so the the really wild thing about <laughs> true false and binaries programming in that way this is something that slick dissident pointed out to me on his youtube channel he's in here right now he's amazing <laughs> gabriel and he said one time a long time ago in one of his videos he was like with with yakim boaz or true false You're either 100% right or you're 100% wrong. And so, if just a few foundational ideas are inverted and flipped, then your whole everything you built off of that becomes at best somewhat incorrect, if not totally off base. So, I wouldn't be surprised if what is passed for Western esotericism has suffered a lot of those types of inversions in interpretation. Although, you know, just looking at this, that doesn't tell you the gender of it you know what i mean that's still open in terms of what it is but anyway i find that to be an interesting concept the uh the gender flip especially when we see that they do that all the time with the disney marvel thor is a girl now and all of that they they're always flipping genders on us um
1: I like this gender flip conversation. Can I? I'm gonna finish the moon thing because on yeah. that loop, yeah, yeah. and then maybe we'll go back to the gender flip.
0: That was just my riff, kind of on it. I'm, no, let's no, keep but, going. That, but that's
1: that's that's interesting because I'm just talking the moon just to start the conversation. But I think that this is going to go to an interesting conversation, and I was unaware of the 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 consistency in a lot of different cultures of of the of the masculine moon and the feminine sun
0: that's so how I- Tolkien puts it. And I trust him pretty, pretty largely. <laughs> I love Tolkien.
1: Well, it, apparently everything's gender fluid. That's what they're telling us. So, um, so, so the new moon, like for the most part, like, you know, I follow the moon. I like, you know, I, I do the maps and the moon and all that sort of stuff. Um, and the more you study the moon, the more you realize you're like, what the hell's going on? What is going on? With, why is this so hard to figure out? Or at least that's what went through with me. So this was the first, like, the, the the nut that was, or the the next step in terms of understanding the moon. And again, this is not so much about what this is, but it's more so about beginning to recognize, more so about the dynamics of the environment we're in. So that being said, that being said. On the day of the new moon, guess what happens? Like, this is like, like what begets what? The chicken or the egg? I don't know. What begets what? For like, is the new moon caused by this or does the new moon cause this? Doesn't matter. It's the same thing. The the moon and the sun rise at the same time. So the eastern horizon, the moon and the sun like, typically, like, the new moon might be thought of as, like, oh, I don't see anything in the sky. Like, you don't think about it in terms of, like, moonrise time and sunrise time and conjunctions. And, like, that would be the ascendant. You know, the eastern horizon equals the ascendant.
0: So when the moon. This will help it, you start seeing it that way. Doing this. Yeah.
1: And so guess what happens when when the moon is full? It's guess on
0: what? the opposite. It it, raise, it rises when the sun sets. Exactly. I'm very aware of this because my moon is in Libra and my sun is in Aries, which means it was a full moon on the day of my birth. And
2: Same for both of us, too.
0: Yeah. See, that's special. There's something interesting. Well, there, and that's
1: what you begin to look at. That and what, but what I what becomes interesting when you begin to realize that the 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 display of the moon. So the display of the moon in the foremost basic levels is going to be totally dark totally full or one half shown, which are called the quarter moons. That's part of the confusion is the half, the half full moon is called the quarter. Like that's going to throw people off. Um, each one of those positions is based upon the moon, be, the moon being in a static location. The thing that matters is the moon rising. The sun rising is, is what keeps going round and round. The consistent is it's like, it doesn't matter where the sun is. It matters what, where the sun, the sun is in general. It, what matters is where's is the sun when the moon rises. So what this does is it indicates that the shape of the moon, like what's solid is the moon, like what's the foundational point, And then what is actually, what is dynamic or moving around is the sun. That's what creates the the change. And maybe I'm stating something which is like when you think about it, you're like, yeah, of course, that's what's happening. As I said, it's not about the point. It's about being able to see it in a different way, being able to think about it in a different way. And as that new way of thought happens in one particular level, it fractures off in this fractal way throughout all consciousness and being able to see things which we thought we understood in a new way, things that exist on the baseline reality. Thoughts?
0: <laughs> I want Jenny's thoughts on anything that we've talked about. It doesn't have to be on this riff.
2: Um. Yeah. Or I mean, I, just, I, I, it's interesting because thinking about, you know, the sun being the thing that, that changes. And like, that's the, in this case, like would be more, feminine and that it's, it's cycling, you know, Um, when I first heard that I got to firsthand experience, but also like witness this inner, like tension with like changing that like belief system or like changing um, that resistance to that uh, of changing the way that I um, understand these these bodies that we, that we observe. But, um, yeah, and it's, it's interesting when those moments pop up, especially like, since I've known Michael, I feel like a lot of (laughs) things have changed for me in terms of like those, those old beliefs kind of falling away. But, um, I always like enjoy when that experience can happen because it, uh, even though, you know, we're not saying that we know something, but it's, it's almost like recognizing that how much you still don't know. And um, yeah, I guess I just appreciate when I can be in that space and recognize the ever unfolding mystery, which is what this is.
0: And uh, if we're going to avoid the yes, no binary or the good evil. I, the great model for that is right here. Mm-hmm. What's so, that
1: card on the other side? <laughs> hold on, hold on, should we get... Is that peace?
0: Grace. Grace.
1: Grace. The peace one looks very similar to that as well. Similar blue. Peace would
0: be the way... We talked about peace. Yeah, we talked about it. Day. That's a very interesting one. Uh, But why I bring that up is just because, you know, we could get lost as a community in a debate of, is it mother sun, father, moon, or the other way around. But one thing that happened for me at a certain point of finding balance in my personal energy, restoring the connectivity in myself and being able to intuitively
3: get the messages
0: from my body. Qigong was huge for this. I think it was Qigong that caused this shift or maybe it had something to do with getting my pH levels right or something. But there came a point where, instead of being uncomfortable in winter or summer when it's at the high and the lows i started to perceive and on purpose try to perceive the cold in the hot and the hot in the cold and so when it was a really hot day i would still feel cool and i could be out in the sun i don't get sunburned anymore (laughs) i don't know how to explain that other than there's some, it's hitting me different or I'm perceiving it differently. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you threw me out in minus 30 degree weather, I probably, I don't know how long I'd make it. I'll be doing breath of fire. <laughs> but my point is that regardless of what the main polarity is of the sun or the moon on a gender level and gender and polarity aren't even the same thing, but there would be the seed of the other in it too. Just like the masculine has the anima. And the feminine has the animus, right? We have the uh, the 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 divine feminine is in the male; it's behind the eyes, and vice versa for every female. That the masculine is in there too. And we, in an alchemical sense, though polarizing ourselves between those two points, like splitting apart our genders, and then bringing them back together, is an aspect of the great work and generating the next the next level of ourselves or birthing out of the womb, right? So it's an interesting time we're in where these polarizations are constant and extreme, and we don't know what is going to be born out of it, but it does feel like regardless of why you would call it a new age, that there is some kind of new age emerging, birthing. something's happening something's happening
2: yeah i mean i think it's it's polarizing but at, at the same time like there's it's confusing because it's like people are trying to wrap their minds around these two things and then like making all of these other like side things and um but i think you know we're figuring it out we're we're figuring it out as a uh As a collective in terms of the, even just with our genders, uh, working out, um,
1: yeah. And what's, (laughs) all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I got a good one. Um, and how this has been weaponized. Can I, how this has been weaponized? Lay it on us. How this has been weaponized is ladies and gentlemen miss caitlin jenner Ms. Caitlyn jenner okay and let me tell you why let me walk you through this because the introduction of caitlin jenner into the collective consciousness like you know and even if you you know particularly if you go back to people who are my age who remember bruce jenner as the the ultimate symbol of masculine uh, athleticism when he won all of the gold medals and then to have him become the cultural reference point of uh, a gender transition. Like he was or or Caitlin Jenner was uh the first example of what was personal for a lot of people of seeing that. So regardless of how you feel about that, if you're like, you know, this is great, and you know, people should be people, or you're like, wow, this is an agenda, whatever, it's now charged. Now it's charged because this is where I'm gonna go with this, and this is where I'm going. Go. And, and like th- and what I'm gonna say is just really just like a an individual self-check. So what we've been told, so some of the things we've been told is this, like, you know, young. we think, we think about all the stuff, which, which Carl Jung has taught us is like, this is where the aminous and the amina idea came from that within every, uh, man has a, a female consciousness within every, um, with every female with every woman has a male consciousness. And we see this throughout a lot of cultures too, like, you know, within the shamanistic tradition of like male shamans have to do a part of their life. They like, you know, they part of their life is expressed as a female, just as females go through part of their ex- life, expressing themselves as a male. And like, just as what you're saying with Qigong, the reason why you balance your energy field with Qigong is because that is the, the literal manifestation of balancing masculine or or yin and yang energy within consciousness and physical form. Like you're making that link. You're bridging heaven and earth are pointing to that of like going back and forth between like these, these genders. We're seeing it with the sun and the moon symbology. That's what we're talking about. So that being said, and this is where I'm going with all of this. So like, and you don't got to answer this question. Like, and maybe you've already thought about this. Maybe I'm making an assumption but like you know, would you, would, right now, would you consider consider becoming a woman? Chance, like if I just told you that it's part of your alchemical spiritual development, and I can go and I can I can show you a very strong logical reason where like it makes sense. I need to be a woman in every way that means. I need to express. I need to. I need to live life as a woman, and I'm going to go and do that. Like, could you do that now? um as simply as the the story which I the logic which I just laid out or is now it's a little bit more complex because if you were to do that right now that comes with a whole bunch of societal baggage based upon what's going on in the culture going back to Caitlyn Jenner
0: man that's a mind fuck <laughs> <laughs> I I would feel disappointed if I found out that I really needed to do that because just because I feel like I have so much more to do developing into manhood. Like there was some arrested development there and I still got, you know, I feel watered down. I look at my dad, his biceps are as big as my head and his hands are 33% bigger than mine. And then his dad, my grandpa, his hands are bigger than my dad's hands by about 50%. And his biceps are like this and,
1: what 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 you did know, these men do to develop these massive? They worked hands? on a
0: farm. <laughs> yeah, worked, that's they it. They worked that's on exactly
1: the land. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. I work with some Amish, and You've got I delicate move. office
0: worker hands. Right, exactly,
1: here. exactly. These delicate. There is something nice about delicate fingers, but you're right. You don't have those. <laughs> you don't. It, well, it's true. You, there's a certain dexterity which which catcher mitt hands can't do. But when it comes to just raw strength, like yeah, they're they're nice. What are well, your thoughts?
2: Well, my thoughts on the whole like transgender thing is that, you know, watching this generation take these permanent, um, making these permanent choices in their body because internally like they're, they're, they're sensing this, this truth, which I think it is true that like, you know, we do have, we do have both within us and we can tap into these different energies and, um, Uh, And they're going to come at different times of our, of our lives, or maybe not in this life and maybe in another life or whatever. Um, But it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it saddens me to be honest, to see, because it is like a, it feels like a mutilation really of, of the body in a lot of ways um, to make the body change to suit this like internal changeable thing. Um, so I guess that's my one thing with it is like, you know, just don't, I mean, feel whatever you feel, but don't mutilate the body you've been given, um, because like that could change and yeah, but that makes me kind of sad. And there's a lot of instances of like people feeling differently, you know, later in their life and being like, oh, I wish I didn't go and get my dick chopped off.
0: Right. Right. But there is there are people that that's an authentic path. Like my friend Bradley, he's, a, I think he's legitimately a two-spirit, as they're called in Native American cultures, where and he's got an interesting story. He apparently absorbed a female twin in the womb. Mm. His grandfather and family line were super into masonry and did all kinds of rituals with him as a child. And maybe even before he was born, maybe they were trying to invoke or create a two-spirit. They,
1: they, they did. He, his grandfather did
0: rituals with him when he was a child? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, so he, start, he was steeped in a cult early on, but he never joined Freemasonry. But he's got this, uh, I mean, he's a homosexual man, but he's also a masculine man. Right? So he's both, he's embodying both in a pretty equal way. As opposed to what a lot of the pop culture homosexuality is, is like heavily feminized, but not in a balanced way, like imbalanced feminization, where it's, yeah, it's a very crowd consciousness type of thing, rather than balanced feminization. But speaking of divine feminine, High Priestess Rachel has joined us to call in. I'm really glad because I'm not sure what she's got for us, but she does have a lot of great insight into building her own systems, and we've talked about Michael Juan episodes in the past, Rachel and I. She's a valuable member of our Interverse Tribe community, so what's up, Rachel? Welcome. Hey, hey. How's, it how's it going? I put the How call out know? for call-ins and didn't give you guys the heads up, <laughs> but they're the call-in line's open. I left a link in the Vibrant Telegram group for people to call in and join. Hi, Rachel. It's nice, nice. to meet you.
4: It's nice meeting you. I was really excited about this because I really enjoy everything you've put out and talked about with Chance. And I'm definitely on board and was trying to do my own moon calendar this month. And it was kind of hard to look at. <laughs> it's easier to vibe it than it is to, like, put it together visually for some reason.
1: But It's easier to what it? To, to feel into it. Oh, oh, to feel into it, to vibe mm-hmm.
4: it and to like pay attention to the moon rather than look at my calendar. Cause I'm used to looking at a calendar, but yeah. And
2: yeah. I feel like there's been a lot of different like iterations of it too. So, you know, I know that like we've made so many different charts and so many different calendars and different ways of like finding what works. And I think that, you know, don't give up on it. Like just keep trying like different ways to play with it. Cause I, yeah, I don't think it's like a one and done thing. Like just keep, yeah.
1: And it's, and it's, it's the act of doing it. Like the, the, when you like the, the discipline, because it's kind of like, it's a pain in the ass. Like unless you make like a, a, a fun party out of it, but it's like, you know, it's, it's work. It's and, and particularly if you're like, if you're particular, which I am. So it's like a lot of work for me, like lining things up and um that's fine tuning consciousness no matter how you look at it if you apply that level of focus whatever you apply that level of focus to you are aligning your 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 the way you think the way you perceive all of these different things along that way so when you do that you're you're there's there's a change that happens on that level as well and then the fact that you describe it Uh, that you feel much more comfortable on a feeling level. It's like you're balancing both because people who can feel something like first, like it's real easy to like, well, I'm not going to develop that other part of, of consciousness, which is the, 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 that level of, of kind of like linear, of form, of form. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. It's form thought with like free thought. And that's where you get your balance. That's where you get your balance. So, you know, I applaud you for giving it a shot.
4: Yeah. Thanks. I had a, I had a question for you and some ideas to throw away. Um, What, how much stock do you put in to the mythology and the narratives? Um, Because when you look at things like astrology, whether people want to acknowledge it or not, because I've gotten in trouble for bringing it up, it's hilarious, but the mythology is part of the narrative whether you like it or not, it does play with the mind. It does. I mean, when people are like, Oh, I identify with Lilith. Like you, yeah, you're putting that into yourself. So how much stock do you put in that? And do you think like it's worth even reprogramming it? Like some people might feel like, Oh, I could just drop all that and it doesn't matter, but the rest of the world is still dealing with it. It's still in the collective subconscious and you are still going to, Encounter those things at some point? Like, is it worth shifting those things? Because I've had a lot of fun shifting those narratives myself. Like, instead of Mars, I'm going to put in this deity that's closer to my heritage because I'm not Greek. But those narratives are so pervasive. Like, is it worth taking the time to do that, do you think? Or is it better to just be like, yeah, I'm
1: just going to not do any of that? Do you you want to respond first?
2: Yeah, well, I think um, and I know when we've kind of like switched from the tropical to the sidereal, like I think we've we've dropped a lot of the mythology in terms of like relating our astrology to the specific signs. And I think that that's been a transition that I feel like I, I at least have been in in the last maybe six months of like. Um, recognizing the story, recognizing the story in the mythology. And also, like, there's this also, there's this other thing that's been going on, um, at least for me, which is recognizing the lineage. So a lineage is just a story, you know, and there's all these different stories. And we can, we can learn a lot from those stories, we can learn a lot from the mythology. But I think right now, we have this opportunity to, uh like, enter into this, like, post lineage space. And I think that you're discovering that for yourself right now is like what's your what's your mythology or like what's your um post-lineage astrological understanding of of all of these different energies because that's just like one person that's one person's story maybe multiple people but that's one interpretation of what Mars is where um I've been kind of looking at it recently of like just having that more blank slate and seeing what I notice. And, you know, we sit, we sit with the starboard every week. And so we're seeing like where, when the planets are aligned with our own personal planets and our natal chart. And instead of being like, Oh, Mar-, you know, Mars is conjunct my natal Mars. And that means this, just going into it more openly and just saying like, wow i'm recognizing they're in the same place in the sky i have no idea what that means like there's some other people who who say that they know what that means but what does that mean to me um so i think that that's that's i i absolutely feel like we all need to step into our own like inner authority in terms of like trusting what we feel and trusting what we know already within us so i'm really excited about what you're doing with 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 your understanding so, what do you
1: have to say? Um, I mean, you know, we talk about this stuff all the time. Uh, <laughs> the, the, it's I call it objective astrology, um, which to me is a recognition that you're, that that the heaven that the placement of the planets matter. And specifically like the natal chart, like, you know, the natal chart is being the most literal link between you being born, the most significant experience you have as a human being, which is going from living inside of another human being to no longer living in a human being. No one else. There's no other time in your life. You do anything as crazy as that. And there's a time date stamp known by the position of the planets relative to each other and to earth. Um, and that's your natal chart. And I recognize that as being significant, but then having, uh, one, the, the, the openness of saying like, I'm not certain what that significance is, but to me, what I think is important is it as a time marker. So like at the most basic level, it's time marking, like, you know, is, you know, recognizing different transits when, when, when planets in real time are touching key spots. Like, I think that, having that awareness, this goes back to what I was saying with the, with the the calendar, it's the act of it. It's the act of it. So I agree with you when you are looking at the relationship you have with the heavens, the amount of, the amount of, of, of narrative or mythology you put around it is like you, that's just what you're feeding. And there's a truth to that. And there's value in that. And there's all sorts of different mm-hmm. things. But there's also a blind spot with it. And it's also coming from the same system, which you've just been born into. And a lot of the shit that that system you've been born into, you've rejected. So you have to at least be willing to walk away. Well, if you're going to walk away from that, I didn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm like, I keep the planets. And to me, so this is what's really significant. We talked, uh, uh, Chance mentioned this earlier. It's like just the recognition of um, the fact that the moon was full when you were born. So like, that's the beginning thing. Uh, and then the next question I I say is where was the moon in the sky when you were born? Like, and this is all, if you're familiar, I'm assuming you're familiar with, with astrology and natal chart, and I apologize to people who this, this doesn't make sense to, but like, this is what the houses are. Like when you begin to recognize that the houses are placements of the earth relative to the horizon, like the ascendant is the East and the descendant is the West. And you can if you have planets in any of like the visible sky, like every time in that visible sky, you've got a connection to that via what that planet is. This is where it frees up. Well, I don't know exactly what that means, but I know that's special. It's special because this is true. And if you can begin to recognize with your own eyes, like uh Saturn and Jupiter, Venus, and you can see that, and you and this is the I mean, we're, we're experiencing this in real time. The more energy we just put into like sitting with the starboard, making it like a ceremonial, which just means we're conscious with it being special um, and allowing it to unfold, like all sorts of just interesting things happen. So that, I mean, that's my take on the mythology. And I think Jenny did a great job explaining it as post lineage. It's like, I'm still influenced by all the stuff, which I've learned, but now I'm moving off of it.
0: I want to weigh in now. Please, please do. This is
4: do it. Is you it getting
0: ready? It's good. <laughs> We're in the good stuff. Okay, so one of the things that has helped me get unstuck in life is to ditch stories and deal with what's really there. Mm-hmm. And even when dealing with difficult people, I've recently learned, thanks to our spirit animal, Jazz the rapper, who, uh, you know, Vibrant fans will know who I'm talking about. You deal with the uh, difficult energy. He he helped me out with this just over the weekend when I saw him. He, he told me that what I realized is that you just tell the truth to the vampiric or like, you know, bad vibes person with zero sto- with zero spin, like no emotion attached to it. No like and it made me feel this way or because you did that, this happened. You just say this is exactly what you did. Why? Or just like is clearly and express exactly the reality of it with no added spin. So when we're talking about post-lineage or post-mythology, that could be really useful because at the, at the at the best, maybe these mythologies were there to encode aspects of an alchemical process. An alchemical process is just a way of describing the hero's journey, right? I mean, it's the flow of life force energy in a certain Progression in order just the way that the seasons progress in the order that they go every year, right? So for stripping away all the story and getting to the core of it Well, what the planets one of the things they represent would be metals specific metals and whether we got all that accurate or not Could maybe be gleaned in the terms of the electric universe theory as to how those different elements operate in the body and so when I was talking to Ben Balderson a couple weeks ago And I brought up cosmic egg as um, so I'm going to bring it up again. One of the things about cosmic egg as a cosmology that is not necessarily always discussed or accepted is that there are levels of the physical reality or rings that are concentric, like the rings of a tree. And that on each of these rings, the wandering stars become alternate. They become a sun and moon of different extraterrestrial systems, extra land. So in that sense, you have, and why this makes sense is because Mars and Venus, if you look at the metals that they represent, iron and uh, what's Venus? Help me out here. Copper. Copper, right. So they have a similar anode cathode potential as silver and gold, possibly. If that's true, if we find that there's that dynamic like that in our body and in how our electrical system works, as, as life force energy in a vessel, then there's some, something valuable there that we've retained. And the mythology then is valuable if that's what we're using it for to derive a wisdom about our, how a life force energy actually works in the vessel in nature. But if we wanted to, because we're in the age where information is much easily, easier accessed and we don't need to encode it in mythology and oral tradition per se, Maybe we could ditch some of the story that's got a lot of people in confusion about what's what because they attach to narratives so much. And even in our lives, that's just perfectly evident that the reason someone stays in a relationship that's hard for them or their boundaries aren't protected the way that they should is because they're more involved in the story of that relationship than what it really is now, right? And that definitely goes with our relationship to mythology. Are we attached to a story or is it something real that the story reflects? And in either way, when we talk about getting out of artificial realities and rejoining the larger reality, we want to stop believing fiction is truth and let truth be truth, right? That's kind of where I'm at with this idea. Anyway, this (laughs) is really interesting because Then we'd also have to do some gender flips if we look at the other planets, wandering stars as suns and moons. Then, And we look at the moons as the masculine. Then Venus becomes the masculine. But Venus is Lucifer, who is masculine. Mars is desire, right? But desire is a kind of feminine quality. Jupiter is abundance. Jupiter is kind of a feminine quality. Jupiter would be the moon. Saturn is strict, disciplined, fatherly, so it would be... The moon of that ring. And then Mercury in the in the inner is the androgen. It's the sun and moon of a twilight realm or an eternal dawn realm. But that's all, you know, there's a lot of cosmic egg cosmology. I just sort of jumped through and a lot of the listeners will be more familiar with that. I don't know where you guys, Mike and Ginny, are on World Tree slash cosmic egg as a way of looking at the world. I definitely enjoy it. I don't need it to be literal. I'm earth shape agnostic because I've never been outside of the the realm, but I, you know, we're far beyond the, the stories that are presented to us through the screen by the not an actual space agency and they're like, right.
2: Yeah. I just, I, I feel like it's, I, I really like what, what you were saying chance with all of that. And no, I'm not familiar with any of that, but I'm always fascinated by by any and all of those ideas um but i just i like this idea of like the story is true like the fiction is true too but it's not the only truth and i feel like you know it's when we when we believe one story as the story and the only story and that's when we get limited in our understanding of things versus like seeing the story hearing the story and saying yes to the story, um, and also being open to there being either another story or there or or no story. Like there's a story, and then there's there's the mystery. Um, and so being open to to both too is like the story is an explanation, and then there's the mystery, which we're we're never really going to know the whole thing. Um, so appreciating the stories, appreciating the stories, but also appreciating the mystery and not having to choose one or the other.
0: And mystery is my story. Mystery my story. I always like that.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: It just got hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm super hot. It's toasty here. Light. Yeah, this we're heating up.
1: Rachel, well, okay. where are you
4: located? Okay? I'm in Denver. Or just you're south Denver. of Denver. So
1: I'm in Colorado. You're mm-hmm. in Colorado and Chance, you're in Missouri, right?
0: That's right. I'm uh, in Southwest Missouri, pretty close to Arkansas. All
1: right. So I was right with my, with my memory and we're in Pennsylvania. I always like, I always like to put a point of reference, uh, spatially. So, you know, we can go in and ground these conversations. So, um, did that answer the question, Rachel? Yes, that was perfect. That was beautiful. You wanted to share something. Is that correct? Um, yeah,
4: that was all fantastic and it kind of it definitely slides into where I was going next. Um, and I've talked to chance about this and I finally decided to do it this week um, is redraw constellations. Mm. There's one in particular that I kept seeing like over the fall the past couple months and I kept looking at it and I, I recognized the things around it and I'm like what is that? My app, on my phone isn't working. So I can't just go out there and like hold my phone up. And I kept forgetting about it and it's coming up. It's a big one. It's a big deal. And this is the one where I was like, you know what? I'm going to change that one. So this week I dropped a riddle into the interverse chat. And the answer to the riddle is what I've changed it to. So tomorrow I'll drop the constellation and see if that changes people's answer. I can share it.
1: Yeah. All right. All right. I got to shut my eyes so I can picture it. (laughs) I like, I like a good riddle challenge.
4: Okay. I think it's kind of
1: easy, but that's okay. That's kind of a setup. If we can't do it (laughs) after the it's easy.
4: Well, when you see the constellation, it might click, but it's, however enticing my aromatic aria, a hasty approach may hold you to your tracks. A fearless love clears hindrances a hearty red rather than bloodshed. What am I?
0: I need it That's in.
1: easy. That's like a like a like a Arthurian sort of like Lord yeah, of the Rings. I'm not good at riddles. Like I would right. need, need to would see it need, in just, writing. Like, yeah like, like it sounded fantastic. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Like I'm, I'm like, like boy, yeah. I'm ready to I go wanted... the journey of a lifetime right, now. Yeah. Where do we go to find this this, this hidden chalice and drink from it? So it was red, is it, so it's a, it's a constellation. It's a constellation you're redrawing, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, however enticing my air, so, so, oh, where'd it yeah, go? Yeah, we'll,
2: we'll have to look yeah,
1: it at it. So it smells, it's, it, uh, so flowers, flower.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm thinking like red. I mean, my well, something first initial with a rose, is like, bl- like menstrual blood, but I always think that that's, oh, here we go. A fearless love.
1: Is there a menstrual blood uh, constellation?
2: I don't know. There's got to be. One.
4: If there's I'm, not, there will be.
0: <laughs> this wasn't given as a clue, but does not like, have is the, to do this with- is the,
1: the new, This is the new redrawing.
0: Is it have to do with the royal stars changing their domicile, the constellation they're in? Because that's a very interesting topic that's that a you big, and Gabriel have been talking yes, about.
4: Yes, we should talk about that. Um, that is part of the motivation because I love that we're in a time That it's shifting into mutability because i can if you can't feel the tension in the earth then i don't know what you're on because it's because the fixed is just (laughs) over people are so over the fixed qualities of life and i love that everything is now like shifting into mutability
0: so mike jenny i don't know if you guys are on this uh train of thought but there are four royal stars that delineated the fixed signs of, uh, let's see, Taurus, man, now I'm protesting yeah. myself, Scorpio, uh, right? We're talking yeah. Scorpio, yeah. yeah, Leo, the four evangelists, right? Leo is in there and Aquarius. Uh, Aquarius. And they've been slowly parallaxing into different constellations. And in 2012, the fourth of these royal stars left those original four evangelists. Uh, characters or constellations and so leo regulus was the last one to leave in 2012 it moved into virgo so all of the four royal stars are now mutable signs am i correct did i get all that right rachel
4: Mm -hmm. you are correct
0: so what's that mean
4: that means active transformation it means transmutation cardinal is like let's go let's do it but that's how you build something that's fixed. So now that it's fixed, something else has to come. Now that you are stable, it's like all the even numbers in numerology and tarot and carnomancy, all the even numbers are stability. So it's from that place of stability that you can now create. It's now that we've done all this, now that we've got all this foundation, we can move forward from it. It might not be our favorite foundation because things are crazy, But this is how we create a new foundation because mutable goes right into Cardinal.
0: Well, in fixed signs, I look at as defense because you're Mm -hmm. holding your ground. Mutable has a lot to do with identity. And we do see that that's been more and more crucial. And especially after 2012, which makes sense because if Leo being sort of your, your character, <laughs> Leo is the, the face or what you lead with in a way, then um, that moving into a mutable sign of Virgo, you kind of, I've, I always think Virgos are kind of defensive. <laughs> so <laughs> Virgo is defending our identity. And we see that with identity politics everywhere. That's just like a two cents, but this is well, a, there's something to this for sure.
4: I see Leo as the heart. Um, it's definitely that ruler. And I kind of see Virgo as like priest priestess energy. So like during Age of Leo, when we have all these um, like pharaohs and god kings and multiple cultures, it's like they're trying to get back to this like god king thing in Leo. But really that happens in Virgo. And Virgo is all about service because it's not just about realizing that you're this divine, wonderful being, aha, I am the sun it's serving as the sun. It's making things grow. It's bringing things to life and to light in Virgo. So that's to me that's really exciting because it it helps people get into this new age of Aquarius thing where we're a bunch of we're a bunch of magicians, we're a bunch of magical, wonderful, incredible beings and it gives us the opportunity to do that if we can see ourselves that way.
0: And that Commutable. time of year for Virgo has a lot to do with like falling in love, too. It's Mm -hmm. a very, very uh, common thing you see people pair up around that time of year. And so anyway, maybe it is the time for us to fall in love with life properly and not be just sort of fighting against a tooth and nail the way the previous age sort of went.
4: Yeah, life is my religion.
0: (laughs) That's what I like to say. (laughs) What if the meaning of life was life? What if we just solve that one and move on? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Mike, Ginny, what are you guys, where are you at? We've this has been a lot.
2: Sorry, we have a kitten. She's throwing things around.
0: <laughs> Mine's been banging on the door trying to get in, so I get you.
1: So it's it's interesting because uh what what I was most intrigued by was the idea of the stars, looking at stars as point of reference points as opposed to planets and and then putting that the the star just like the whole thing which 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 we're just talking about like like looking at stars in constellations uh and being able to move from constellation to constellation like that's an interesting idea to me just like i'm like okay well that changes um at least for me the way i think of the heavens And what's
0: weird is some stars parallax and some don't.
1: And again, and so this goes back to like the point I was talking about in the beginning with the moon, which is there seem, uh, and, and to the point about, about, uh, moving past mythology and to what you were saying, chance about, um, you know, what is, it is, you know, what's truth is truth is like, just, you know, what are we looking at and what are the dynamics of what we can see? And so, um, All of that's really is, is, is interesting. And I was, and I always go back to this. Like I, I, I talked about the moon. It's like, I don't know what the moon is. And I'll say the same thing about planets because there are certain schools of thought that say like, yeah, the planets, they're like, you don't want to, this is the problem or the planets, like you want to get that out of the way. So if there's a truth to that, if that is an accurate thing or if that's a good piece of advice, or even if you just want to follow that advice to see what happens, well, then that means you're going to be following the stars relative to each other, which is exactly what you're saying. So uh, that's what I was thinking about. Like, you know what, you you got me going down a different mental path. (laughs) So, so I appreciate the inspiration.
2: And what, what came up for me was like thinking about too, like um, shifting our understanding of these stories. So like the story of Leo, the story of Virgo and how, when the stars are moving, from you know one constellation to another like changing from fixed to mutable um, you know, like at the same time, like our understanding of what Leo means, our understanding of what Virgo means mm. is also changing. Right. Um, and that these aren't like fixed. I mean, yeah, like fixed, but uh, these aren't like these rigid lines of, of understanding what the constellations mean and that they're evolving as well, that those, those stories are also going through this transformation just in terms of um, what those signs represent. Yes, yeah, so we're in
0: conversation with the archetypes. We influence them. They influence us back.
2: Exactly.
0: exactly. And that is everything to do with your idea, Michael, of inner world leading outer world or outer yeah. world leading inner exactly. world or it's, it's our inner and outer world dancing. Speaking yeah. of dancing, Caporetta master Gabriel is joining us. What's up, slick dissident in the house? Now we've got a, a full party on the screen. How are you doing, What's man? What's
5: happening,
1: It's nice to put a face with a name.
0: You would love Gabriel's YouTube channel. He just did a revisioning of an amazing analysis of Marvel's Avengers films and the movies that led up to them, corresponding each to one of the major arcana. And it is awesome.
1: Well, I know I, I I know I recognize the name Slick Dissident. So. Oh yeah, Mark
0: Steve's told you about him in your last uh, handbook for the apocalypse. I know. Right, I right, to exactly, that today.
1: exactly. Do you go by Gabe or Gabriel? What do I call you?
5: Whichever you prefer. All
1: right, G- Gabriel, where are you out
5: I'm, in, I'm Indiana in Indiana on the 40th parallel. parallel.
0: Where in Indiana? Uh,
5: Warsaw.
0: On the 40th. Sorry, say that again, Gabe.
5: Warsaw, Indiana.
1: Warsaw. What's going on with Poland right now? Because there's something going on, right? Yeah, they're putting that out in the news. So the reason I bring that up is like obviously like all the residents. And so where you are has a Polish residence. Um, So I I don't know. That's what pops out in my mind. I'd I'd, I'd be curious. There's something going on with Belarus. Belarus. Belarus and the Polish border. There's a standoff.
5: I'm clueless. I don't watch the news.
1: Well, that's smart. I watch it for entertainment, not for information. But it's interesting that now I just saw that story yesterday. And now I meet my friend who is in Warsaw, Indiana.
5: Yeah, man. Mike, I'm a huge fan. Well, thank you. And
1: my, this is my uh Jenny over here Jenny this is Gabriel. I don't know if you met Rachel. Obviously, no chance.
0: Oh yeah, Gabe and Rachel are are close collaborators in research. Oh, this is mm-hmm.
1: fantastic. This is fantastic. What do you guys research? You said like you did the the video on the different versions of the of the archetypes of the tarot what whatever uh mm-hmm. the, with the the Marvel.
0: Yeah. What are some of the things that you've gotten up to that have made your way made their way onto your channel Gabe? Tell us about that.
5: Uh, Well, essentially, uh, I've been focusing primarily on the major arcana, and I found so many things just in that layer. That I'm a little afraid to get into the minor arcana. <laughs>
1: uh, Jenny and I would like to talk the language of tarot. Can you share with us just one thing? I know you've done all this sort of, but if there's one mm-hmm. thing which you just want to just want to share with us, which your research has unfolded, I know we'd both be fascinated.
5: Yeah, well, one thing I'm starting to believe is that the the major arcana represents royalty and those who are unique or genetically superior if you will and that the minor arcana may represent um the numbered people the mundane the worldly what do you think about that walk me through
1: how you got there like what was like what was your your journey to that that?
5: um hmm. figure that out
0: well, the, I I'll just many... say the minor characters do have, they tend to look like workers or, you know, peasants. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a
5: great, that's a big
0: part of it. Um. The royal man. cards could be the royals and the major arcana could be like the gods, so to speak, too. Another way yes. to get it. Three levels. Yes.
5: Okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to go in real deep and real crazy. Uh, how's my sound?
0: You're good. Okay.
5: Okay. So it involves a, a little bit of gematria. Um, okay. Okay. And so if you take AD of and if you take AD, you get a one and a four. If you take AM, you get a one and a four. So Adam is a one four one four. If you take Eve, E-V-E, you get a 1-4. If you take snake, you get a 1-4. So this is 1-4, four times, gives you the 56 cards of the minor arcana. And Adam, Eve, and the snake were all cast out of the garden and send into, into the, the mundane. mundane.
1: Hmm. And so, so I- so That's what the, 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 the minor, minor is. The minor, minor are all of those that were sent down, down and it's encoded in these, uh, uh, and that's what the three fourteens.
0: And they're at the mercy it. of the wheel of fortune. You're gonna go there next, right? I hope.
5: You got it, <laughs> the, the, the 14. Of <laughs> wheel of wheel 14.
0: 14. Or 410. Is is that the number of Wheel of Fortune? No, it's 10. But when you say Fortune, you're also saying 410. Right, right. And 4 plus 10 is 14. Yes, yes.
5: And I believe believe the way that I set up my my, my, uh, major arcana, Arcana, the Wheel of Fortune Fortune is is on the equinox, on the the right-hand side, as 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 though it were the gate. gate. Eastern, Eastern gate of the Garden of Eden, garden of Eden. and that is where so that they were cast out. Down. That's where, now, the where the minor the arcana, arcana spilled out of, filled out of the garden.
0: And there's the four royal stars, or what they previously were housed in, anyway, not anymore. You got it. You got so, it. so, in the so corners, I so, so, I, so I, I have a,
5: I have really, a really elaborate, elaborate story, story that has so to it do, has has do with Lilith, Lilith as the as first. The first mate of adam and i i believe that this is all very much ralph ellis oriented mythology but i believe that adam was supposed to breed with lilith and she was uh you could say anunnaki you could say she was the the, uh uh the choice bloodline, royalty. She Royal. had the divine right, divine of, right rule. of
0: rule. The grafted Adam, bloodline Adam. is what Sabak calls them. Yes. And that's why they have the rose symbolism, because the rose is one of the easiest of all plants or flowers to mix up the genetics, to graft one to another. Mm. And nice, even nice. in the words, like sub rosa in Latin means hidden, under the rose.
5: Yeah, There's buddy. There's to
0: it, but just a few
5: yep, pieces there. Yep. And and you I think Mike, I think Mike you brought this forward that lily the lily flower is um is the mayflower. That the mayflower is the lily flower. And so technically the May sons might be exalting the royal bloodline of Lilith. And that Adam and Eve, according to Ralph Alice here. Adam and Eve Eve were cast cast out out and uh, may have gone to Scotland Scotland and started started the uh, uh, Scottish Rite Freemasonry, and their daughter, daughter Skota, may be the queen Queen of the Scots. Scots. And so I know I'm going all over the place. I'm sorry. my, My audio is a little messy here, but essentially I think that the story of Genesis takes place in Egypt, and Adam, who may have been Akhenaten, was supposed supposed to mate with a a royal, royal, uh, we'll just say an an alien alien bloodline, bloodline, a gifted bloodline, bloodline. and he ended up up falling in in love with somebody somebody he was not supposed to mate with, and and they were cast cast out out for it, it. and they uh, they went out 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 into into the world, world, and started, and started our a new, a new mundane, mundane bloodline. bloodline. Where do we, where do we, fit, we in? fit in? Well, well uh, yes. that's a great that's question. Right. Uh, uh, I think we'd I think have to we talk have to, have to the Vatican, Vatican, Vatican and, and the and the, um, um, and the, and and Mormons, the Mormons to <laughs> uh, <laughs> to find to out find where our birth, birth records kind of put everybody in their place. So according to some sovereign sovereign, uh, information, the birth certificate certificate with your feet, feet, some believe that if your your right right foot foot is forward, forward, then you are of the mundane. mundane. You are not of the elite bloodline. Mm -hmm. And if your left foot foot is forward on your birth certificate, certificate, then you might be royalty. royalty. And the value of 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 your birth certificate may be higher.
0: Does that tie into blood type too, Gabe? Yeah,
2: I was yeah, gonna, I was gonna, gonna ask, ask about like, like Rh-, RH negative. negative.
0: Raise you your got hand it, if yeah. you're negative.
4: <laughs>
0: I don't I think know. I'm positive. I'm positive.
1: <laughs> I don't know, I don't
5: know.
2: <laughs> yeah, so what are your thoughts on that, Gabriel? Like in terms of positive, negative bloodlines?
5: Here we're dealing with the fifty-fifty, right? Right. You're either a hundred percent right or you're a hundred percent wrong.
0: No, so, it to be. Uh, apparently, the chat is saying that there's an echo for the listeners, and oh, oh. I don't know if that which one that's coming from. But if it, everyone is capable of maybe muting when they're not talking, that might solve it. I have to play producer for a minute. <laughs> Sorry.
5: Here we go. I just got echo cancellation. cancellation.
0: Okay. There maybe it was you because you're the newbie to the group. And maybe we don't have to mute everyone else and hear our our cackles and our spontaneous laughter. Okay, cool. Is that better? Is that better? Yeah, your face froze, but it's a funny face, so we'll keep it. And I think everyone else is safe to keep playing the way they've been playing. Snake Jones says Plato's cave has an echo. <laughs> That's a good one. Hmm. Yeah, wow. Interesting place to go. And I'm sure that a lot of what Gabriel is sussing out, <laughs> sussing, is from the work that you and Ross Bin collaborate on. I know that I personally found the Ballin in America series to fit very nicely with the America is Egypt hypothesis. Yeah. 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 Where's that echo? I, don't know. I don't know. We can't hear it. They say it's on the listener's end. I can hear it. We got the echo. I can
4: hear it.
0: Oh, crazy. Well, maybe it's Gabe. I can't hear it. Why would it be that I can't hear it? I'm the one that needs to hear it.
5: I'll step, I'll out, step out, out and I'll and come, back. come back.
0: Okay. All right, so anyway, we haven't heard from Rachel for a minute. We'll kick it to you <laughs> in our panel discussion. Um, I think
4: I it's think interesting, it to, interesting to, and it would, and be, it would interesting be interesting to know, to know what, what all the bloodlines blood are. are. I think it's fascinating because I, like I like ancestry, ancestry and, and that type that of thing. thing. I think it's, it's really important. That's part of part why, why I like to I change to the change narratives. narratives. Um, um, but I do that that think it can also be a narrative trap. That's That's kind of like the whole star secret thing. thing. Like, it's fascinating. Like, Like, as within, so without. without, Of course, your consciousness is going to seep through through somewhere. And if if you're aware aware enough to know know, exactly what the point of the heavens that that filtered through, that's incredible. But I think the only point to know anything of the past is to work with it now. Because I met people who... They do all these past life regressions and then they live in that space. They're like, well, I was this thing. I'm like, okay, you were that thing. What are you now? How are you using any of this? And that's really, and that's just my, my practical side. Um, You know, I follow sidereal more than I do tropical and that's my Capricorn moon. I'm like, it needs to make sense. (laughs) It needs, Mm -hmm. it needs a use and it needs to do something. Otherwise why know it you're just gonna distract yourself ultimately but that is part of why um bringing up lilith again when i was looking through all of these archetypes um i grew up in a religious home you know with with jesus and now we're talking about this christ consciousness and it was really important for me to explore the magdalene because that's how i could integrate that because that's who she is and what she does is she integrates Lilith and Eve. You know, to me, when I look at that story, I see a split personality. And, but certainly, I mean, way back when you had triplicities of gods. So, which could be metaphorical, but it could also just be a perspective of, you know, a manifestation of this generation and this generation, or these are sisters, or, you know, it can certainly be looked at that way. But to me it's more important to integrate those things than to focus on them
2: yeah i i i never thought about it that way but that's absolutely true like i've i've definitely felt those two energies within myself like this eve and then this lilith thing and i think this goes back to what we were talking about with like the the, the angel and the demon, the good and the evil, and it's like it's we're both, and it's about integrating both, and and yeah, that's awesome, Rachel. I love that.
4: Well, and it's funny too because when people bring it up, as I was learning astrology, I'm like, what you're describing is the light side and the shadow side of Venus. <laughs> Why do I need yeah. a separate archetype for something that's embodied somewhere?
2: Mm.
4: I mean. I like triplicities, so I I don't mind different expressions of the feminine, different expressions of the masculine. Um, I think Pluto is feminine. I've always seen her as the Morgan. So, you know, it's, you know, just these different ideas but and how you want to identify with them and recognizing where that can be fun (laughs) and where that can be maybe a little
5: toxic.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I love that. Is
5: this better? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. nice man uh, this don't... is awesome i'm so glad i get to talk to you mike
1: <laughs> so oh, yeah. we got like a couple we got a couple more minutes left are there any final questions or mm-hmm. thoughts or things you want to discuss
0: yeah questions for mike and jenny um uh, i'm gonna maybe keep it going a little past the the uh end time but you guys can dip i have a couple of things i want to play out of the telegram channel but the group channel i asked kaylee to give us an a voicemail ad of uh for her astrology services because i want more people to check her out she's been my personal astrologer for a while so that would be a couple of minutes and i might share a couple other memes and things out of the group just so we don't you know leave no man behind but you guys definitely are any of the uh, four of you are free to depending out at whatever point. I d- I do want to know if there are any specific loose ends that you guys want to get back to Michael or Jenny? And then if not then we can see if Gabe or Rachel have a specific question for you.
1: I've got one loose end which I'd like to tie up. Okay. But it was the one that you began. Do you want me to finish it?
2: If you want to introduce You I- don't
1: do you don't even know what I'm talking Starkwell. about. Starkwell. Oh. She knows. <laughs> you guys are so sane. So, so the starboard. So so we're talking about astrology, yeah. and we talked a little bit about this with with Rachel. Was you know just with mine and Jenny's own journey with with following the heavens is moving more and more away from from mythology um, to go back to what is the real. But then also probably it's going to circle back into it and like look at it. But that's where we are right now. And what's been a very, very big uh, tool, like this wasn't like a, this wasn't a plan. We didn't put down in our 2021 New Year's resolution, like let's create like a new way of doing astrology. Like this is just what naturally happened. And what was the driver behind that was the use of the starboard. And what the starboard is, is just like a, Artistic but material representation of the zodiac, and so we put stones on there. We move it, and like it just it, it creates like a, a just a point of reference and consciousness and all this sort of stuff. But the problem with it, or, or one of the issues with the, with the starboard, is like it's big. It's big, and like we we bring it to places like when it's appropriate. But it's, it's the, the big disc is 36 inches in diameter. And it's like, an, it's a uh, three quarters of an inch thick and it's heavy. And it's like, and so we've talked. A-
2: and it's like a ceremonial piece, you know, and it feels, it always feels a little bit like, I don't know, like we shouldn't be taking it at, like out, like in a lot of ways, like I lo- we love to bring it, but it's also like, ah, like bringing it in the car and I don't know. Like, sorry
0: to <laughs> it's like, like bringing the dog or the kids. Did you pick 36 inches on purpose? Because that's a significant number for the circle.
1: So I often, I often surrender to the natural um, path of least resistance, which life offers. And when the idea popped in my head to build the starboard, Um, I was thinking, I'm like, damn, I'm going to have to go to, like, Home Depot. And I know, like, they do, like, straight cuts, but are they going to do a circular cut for me? And do I got to buy this entire, like like sheet of plywood. Like this is what was going through in my mind because I don't got any saws. But when I get to Home Depot, I said, and so this is what I wanted. I knew I wanted to make two discs and I knew I wanted them to be in, in the, the phi relate the phi ratio or the golden ratio to one another. And so I knew that the diameters would be in that. So when I go to, to, to Lowe's or Home Depot, I don't remember which one it was, they had these like, do it yourself wooden tabletops for people want to build their own tabletops, which were perfect circles. And it had two different sizes and they happened to be in five relationship with one another. And so that's how I got to the 36. That's the bigger one. So it's actually like, if you want to know what the substructure of the starboard is, it's like a, it's a Lowe's like do it yourself, uh, a uh, uh, tabletop, but it was coated with sand and, and, and volcanic ash. But, but to the point of the story where we're going with this and the loose end, which we want to finish was, so we've had this like big, like personal sort of thing and it's heavy and all this sort of stuff. And we don't want to travel with it. And we've talked about like maybe something creating something new. So fast forward or something, which is also more portable, fast forward to the star quilt.
2: Yes. So I'm creating a star quilt.
1: (laughs) You're replicating it in a quilt form. Yes. And so that whole process Mm -hmm. and just like everything, like the difference between, like, I'm thinking a lot about like the symbol, like, just like the, the, the symbolic fashion of sewing or weaving what Mm. this is. And like, you know, just like the different materials, because what I have experienced is like when you, when you invent your own rituals, you invent your own ceremonies, but it's based upon something which you understand or something which is, you know, objectively bigger than you, the, the heavens, like you, you start working at a different level. Like, you know, not like we're orchestrating the, the, what's happening on earth behind the scenes i mean maybe a little bit but when we change from like one form to another like you know what's going to happen that has me very interested and curious and and you're going to use it in your practice but it travels easier so so that's what you ask the question chance you ask you ask jenny what has she been doing creatively and that's you know you're in the middle of that process right now
2: well and i'll say too is that Also, we've had people ask us how they can make their own. And we do have some friends that, you know, just that are crafty and that are making their own as well. So I think that because the Starboard has been such a powerful tool for us and really uh, transformed our relationship to the heavens is my hope is that people will just make their own and make and have this be like their way of personalizing it. And it really does change, change the way that you um, experience this uh, these changes. Um, And already, even after it's been like less than a week that I've been actually, I mean, there's a little bit of like planning, but um, it's already, there's been new understandings that have been really, really nice to experience. And um, yeah, hopefully we can like, I don't know. Like, I'd like to have like a template or something that people can just download and so that they know the measurements. If they want to make one that's just like, you know, yours, um, that they could have that on the website. So stay tuned for that. If anyone would like to make their own to do their own ceremonies to connect. I mean, we we connect um, at least once a week on like the turn of the moon. Um And sometimes we can't wait. So we do it in the middle of the week too. But, um, yeah, I I think that it's a really, really great tool that I would love to see more people to create their own and we can all learn from each other too.
0: Create your own. That seems Mm -hmm. to be the theme. Every time I talk to you, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right. Any last questions or comments? Oh,
4: thank you so much for all your comments, all your insights, all the ideas, all the inspiration. Um, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. It really I cool. have a
0: quick comment. It's a quote from William Blake. And he says, I must create a system or be enslaved by another man's. I will not reason and compare. My business is to create. Mm. Love it. Yeah. That, that dude.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that that's literally, literally, at least I, I don't know if I've ever heard that quote, but the way I've always approached it, if I don't create my own system, I am in someone else's system. Some systems you can't help but be in it. So you better understand it the best you can. But like the more you you can create your own system, like you're the ruler of your system. You're the sovereign of that of that system. So yeah. make it beautiful and fun and original. That's my yeah. thought. <laughs> but based upon something which makes sense.
0: So good. Well, I'm going to keep right, this it's train really going Great to meet you, longer. Mike and Jenny.
1: Likewise. Yeah, yeah I,
2: I really want to learn more about your, your tarot and breakdown and analysis. That sounds fascinating. And Rachel, <laughs> thank you for, for coming on. And, and I appreciate everything that you shared, too. I feel like I learned a lot from, from both of you. And you two chance. So thanks so much. Oh, well, thanks.
0: I learned a ton from Gabriel and Rachel, the community around the show is so helpful. They give me, uh, they do research that I don't have time to do and sift the wheat from the chaff all the time. So appreciate everybody out here. And as, even the commenters that don't come on stage, there's a lot of amazing <laughs> magic going on with the uh, the tribe vibe and Watch out uh, for Gabriel on My Family Thinks I'm Crazy. That'll come out soon. Oh, definitely. That's nice. awesome. Awesome. I talked
1: to Mark today. Yeah,
0: he's a good All kid. Right. We got to get him out here too. But Mike, Jenny, if you guys want to drop, definitely feel feel good about it. Uh, I'm going to play a couple of things out of the, the voicemail line before I wrap up. Excellent.
1: Thank you for having us. And I hope to come back on some other time. Yeah, thanks.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. And Jenny, I want to get you on an interverse, so we'll be in Yeah, touch.
1: you got to get Jenny in and go hear her stuff. You're going to like that. Not have me like that, that, that.
0: We will. We will. We'll do that, too. <laughs> All right. See you, guys. See you. <laughs> All right. And then there were two. So uh, I'm going to play. I asked Kaylee to send us this voicemail today because I want everyone to be real clear that she's providing astro services. So if you all have a few minutes to listen to her pitch, I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm sure it'll be good. She's been a very helpful character for me in my journey learning about my chart. So I'm going to play this and we can sit back and and type into the comments and hang out.
3: So also speaking of astrology and tarot and divination. Uh, My name is Kaylee, and chances dropped my name a couple of times on a couple of shows now, but I figured I'd give myself kind of a proper introduction. Um, I am officially offering natal chart readings for people. Um, And uh, if you are are a member of the Telegram group, I'm actually giving you a bit of a deal. Um, I'm doing them for $80 for a one-hour reading um either done live or recorded and sent to you and uh, my style of astrology is a little bit more evolutionary astrology so modern western using the tropical zodiac and focusing on nodes pluto placement uh things like that but my main goal when doing a reading is to a show you your magic and b highlight uh a pattern that I see, uh, one of the major kind of story arcs, some of the challenges associated with that and how you can move past them in an empowering way. It's my goal to leave you feeling empowered and like you can take action um, towards these things. Something I've noticed with astrology that has really helped me a lot <laughs> in my own personal journey is that uh, every crazy thing that I've gone through Um, is actually reflected in my chart in various ways and um, it's helped me make sense of a lot of the craziness and a lot of the weird I guess you could say a lot of the trauma too and uh, (laughs) what's what's beautiful about that is 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 not that it's like set in stone that crazy shit's gonna happen or is it that it was karma or fate or whatever but actually that There's a deeper purpose to it and um, I really truly believe that part of that deeper purpose is to help other people through their crazy stuff. So here I am offering my services. (laughs) You can find me. um, I I do have a YouTube. It's Kaylee Burkana, spelled K-Y-L-E-I-G-H. Burkana is B-E-R-K-A-N-A. And I'm actually going through a bit of a rebranding right now. So that is how it is currently but it may change. And in the meantime, you can find me on Telegram in Chance's group, the Universe group. Um, alternatively, I will have an email down below. So hit me up for a reading. Um, and uh, yeah, thank, thank you. Honestly, thank you, Michael Wan, for being uh, such an inspiration to so many people, but for myself for helping us break a uh, bust out of this matrix. So. Thanks, guys. Bye.
0: Yeah, so I do super endorse Kaylee. Like I said, she didn't just throw that advertisement out into the call-in line unsolicited. I wanted her to let everyone know. And uh, also from the call-in line, Gordy, our good friend Gordy sent us this picture of La Luna from tonight. (laughs) Really magical. But you know what, Gabe? You're here. Do you feel like just kind of rolling into... A little more like i'm having fun i don't know if i want to turn it off yeah but. buddy yeah buddy absolutely <laughs> absolutely so what's uh what's on your mind right now i want the only thing that i have in store that up my sleeve literally is i want to do a group divination with the cards just all, on the fly so you know hang out with me for that but let's hear from you first
5: first i want, first, to, make I want sure to make sure my audio's, my good. audio's good it's good Okay. Okay. We're sorry about that earlier. About earlier.
0: It happens. These are the this is the you know, we're we're in the live mix. <laughs> so uh,
5: that was amazing that was by the amazing way. way. I've, I've been wanting to talk to Michael on for so long. long. He's such a great He's such a great dude. That was awesome.
0: We'll do it again. I have plans for you, Gabriel. I wanna bring you on as a Co-host for some interverse episodes in the future too, not unlike what we did with Alan. So just watch out. We're going to do that.
5: Yeah, yeah. Oh, Kazi said we're still on an echo. Right on. You say the word. Say the word.
0: Do you? What in the world?
5: Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Let me see what I. What
0: I. You're causing trouble, Gabriel. (laughs) I'm going to kick you out and just do my divination. Maybe it's just when I'm. Is it echoing, guys? When. Okay, I'm going to just do the divination. He's dropping out and coming back in. This is a group divination for everybody. I'm going to do another one in the morning for 11-11, or I guess 9-11, depending on how you look at it. Um, let, me know let us know if there's still an echo. And I'll, I'm going to start with this. I'm going to go ahead and get into it. Uh, is the, also, let us know if the echo is when Gabriel's talking or just when, or if it's when I'm talking. Like that would be good to know. But anyway, let's let's look into the, the energy for everybody right now that's in the stream, the group. We're going to tap into the universal flow state here and ask the Oracle, the universal Oracle, what's up through the I Ching and the Tarot. I like to mix those two systems, bringing the East and the West together. The chat's asking you to say something, so we'll know if you've got the echo, buddy. And they'll tell us. Testies. Testies. Testies, Testicles. Say more, like, a whole sentence.
5: Pete and repeat, we're on a boat. Pete fell (laughs) off, and who was left?
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, me and... Yeah, there's an echo.
5: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so.
0: All right, everybody. Everybody listening, this is for you. A card for you. And the card is... says no echo now, Alan says. That's good. All right, so the first card is oppression. All right? This is one Ooh. of the tough ones. We're going to talk about this. Uh, oppression comes from the dynamic of... The joyous over the abyssal, which seems like a very opposite thing. But what it is, is you're supporting the multiplicity of perspectives or the, the uh, multiple incarnations of life force energy with your unconscious, the deep waters of yourself. So that, the reason why this is an oppression energy is because it's the super ego psychologically, It is the voice of the crowd that is in your head, but you don't even realize where it's coming from and you think it's you. So the idea of oppression, you have this picture of this being surrounded by shadows, holding and guarding their own light. This is a very easy feeling to slip into, especially at this time of the sky clock where we're losing light. We just got those amazing saviors of the daylight (laughs) (laughs) rolled us back an hour right (laughs) so
5: um
0: oppression though what we need to know about it is that it's all internal there is no external oppression and we're going to look at the way that this goes from uh with another card but we're going to start we're going to put sandwich in the middle some tarot cards for this divination so what we're dealing with right now is how to view and how to move past and through the psychological dynamic of oppression, which it seems like a scary or a bad card, but what the truth is is that this is one of the best obstacles that we can face and the best shadows that we can integrate or strongest for us. (laughs) Perfect. Okay, so here is the five of cups. All right? This is where the person seems upset because they've spilled three cups, but standing behind them, they still have two full cups. They're guarding what, what resources they have left of the feeling, but they're feeling depleted, feeling lost. So now we've got a, a really strong synergy, synergetic synergistic match between oppression and five of cups. This is not an accident. And we're being asked to really think about the water energy in this read because the supporting element for oppression is the water. How is our water programmed? You know, why is this person feeling so upset about the spilled cups when they still have two? Our water is programmed with our perspective and the story that we put onto it. Um, so anxiety, even when we think about the feeling in our body of anxiety, is it really anxiety Or is it anticipation, excitement, heightened energy that we've interpreted as anxiety, as displeasurable, as bad? Or is it just off-balance energy that is trying to clue you in to something that needs grounding? Is it really anxiety with this psychological dictionary definition attached to it? So the key here, I think, that we might see going forward is uh, relating to this idea of story. So we're going to do another card from the tarot before we get into the (laughs) snake says he felt some serious, intense anxiety this evening when he returned from hunting. I peered into the unknown and it startled me a bit. Yeah, (laughs) that's good. Yeah, I know what it's like to dip your toes into the unknown for a minute. The infinite, the infinite's big. It is scary. It is the, the infinite multiplicity of possibilities. It's like you don't know what's going to happen. It's easy to feel oppression whenever you dip your toes into the larger reality if you interpret it as such, because the larger reality is about surrendering the belief that we have some sort of egoic control over over life and getting into the only thing we can control, which is really perspective and our which is what creates our vibe. And we're going to flow through the changes that life force energy is moving through seasonally externally no matter what so are we riding down that river like we're on an inner tube or are we flailing and and drowning as we go or do we see where the cliff is coming up and there's a waterfall and we get out of the river and climb down the rocks gracefully or do we kicking and screaming <laughs> <laughs> crashing through the rocks below from a big fall so this is good we're, we're transmuting the idea of oppression and here we go wheel of fortune.
5: Whoa. Wow. That's on point.
0: It is on point and wheel of fortune. What is that about? Well, let's kick it to you, Gabe, but what's your, what's your read on the wheel of fortune as a, the next card in the sequence.
5: That's pretty amazing. So we kind of went into this with that 14 so we also, the W and the F of Wheel of Fortune in uh, ordinal, uh, reduced ordinal, that's a 56, a 5 and a 6. And, uh, you know, it's got those the four corners, the four seasons, the four winds. Um, and it also encodes that turning. That changing, the turning of seasons, you know, that Rotas is written on the shield there. That's amazing. That card came up twice in this, in this episode.
0: Right. And what is a, what is the turning of the wheel bring? It's a change of fortune, change. a change of fate. Change.
5: Yeah, buddy. So it's a yep. very
0: useful perspective to bring to the idea of oppression or the five of cups where there's a spill recognizing that time is a great healer and eventually there'll be renewal and transition, (laughs) you know, fortunate happenstance is guaranteed in life because at the end of the day, even what seems unfortunate was showing you somewhere that was stagnant, that needed change needed. Death is always the, the precursor to new life. So wheel of fortune is about expansion, progress, favorable karma, right i mean it could also be a shake up in a negative sense but i think the real read that we're getting here is just that you know keep (laughs) keep going because there's going to be something that follows the wheel of fortune turns and there's no reason to feel stuck in um oppression energy right so we're going to do one more card from the tarot to think about you know for Fortune, what's the wheel turning to for us? I'm sure Gabe will return, maybe. All right. So I'm going to read this reverse because that's kind of how it came out. I know it looks like it just twisted around. But this, this is a six of disks. The reason it's coming up reversed is because... The, the fortune that needs to change, I'll show it right side up just so we can see. This is, there's two things with this uh, card, ways to interpret it. First is like, there's the nice high and mighty man feeding the poor and administering justice in the terms of like he's the, a ruler almost over them. If we're flipping this over, I think the the way that the wheel of fortune is turning for us psychologically right now is an end To self-defeating altruism and the have and have nots idea not saying that everything's going to be equal because there's no such thing as equality in nature but that we're going to start a new cycle that's about teach man to fish not give not, not i'm the wealthy one you're the poor one look how i'm helping you and you you owe me and i'm high and mighty um what do you think gabriel
5: I think this is amazing. So we had the five of cups and the six of discs. Here we are with the five and the six again. Oh,
0: so true. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. Good yep. point.
5: And to and bring it's the it terrestrial, back to Michael. It's
0: the water and earth. It's the ones yes. on the land, not the ones of yep. the high ones in the fire and the, the sky. You got
5: it back down to the mundane. And, um, uh, to bring Michael Wan into the into the weave here, you know he talks about the Urum and the Thurum, the Urum and the Thurum. I can never say that right, but the two stones, the white and the black stones, that uh, Hercules would use to judge the destiny of man. <clears throat> and I've discovered a lot of value in that. I believe that. One of those stones is a pentagram. So there's your discs, the pentacles. And the other stone is a hexagram. Um, so the five and the six. And I've actually seen those sh- shapes in the constellation of Orion, the hero, the the conqueror, you know, the uh, the our hero who wears spandex. He wears the Cleonian lion in the sky. And right now I've seen a remix is circulating where a lot of uh, athletes, a lot of athletes have been passing out, suffering from ramifications from the cowpoke situation. And there are so many headlines in just this one, quick little video that is circulating right now that people are going to wake up and it's time for a turning of the tables in a major way and this collection of headlines for people who yet, for people who only believe what they see on the news well there's plenty for them to start seeing the light and it's coming out in the news in a major way and it's just too much to hide so i think we can only go up from here man
0: yeah, and this character, I know he's not normally vilified the way that I am, but I, I have real problems with uh, altruism as it's presented in society because it's a, all this self-sacrificing bullshit messiah complex that is just a continuation of slave mentality that most of the major religions have instilled in people. And so this guy, yep. he's a middle manager. Look, he's fat on the tax that he's collected. He's got his scales he's a middle manager and he feels like he's the hero because he's in charge of the peasants, but he's just as much of a slave to the system too. And it's not doing him any good to be bloated on the the fat of the land either. So the turning of the tables, I feel like that's what this is about here. It's not about the end of charity. It's about charity being charity for yourself first and holding your inner light and being a presence as how you gift to others instead of feeding them you're teaching them to fish that whole idea so but yeah what man what you said about the cowpoke situation with athletes is is pretty weird. I've heard a lot of talk about that. I haven't seen it myself because I do a great job avoiding everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just yep. what people talk about in telegram is what i know now and i feel like well that's good that's synchronistic i want to yeah, know yes. the research that the friends are into you know i whenever that astro world stuff happened i was like well i know i'm going to hear about this <laughs> i don't need to go look into it someone's going to tell me so here we go from 47 oppression to 49 revolution the radical nice. change the phoenix of the great work I know that we're talking about America a lot and the phoenix is a symbol there. Um, this is the joyous, same energy on top. The Joyous is lake. It's multiplicity. It's multiple possibilities of life's expression. Now being supported by the passionate, clinging, fiery energy. So instead of your unconscious being uh, supported by the crowd or programmed by the crowd, you could say, It's now, now the the crowd is supported by the inner light, the inner fire. So the light that you, you're now, instead of pouring out your cup to try to fill up other people's and you're pouring out a half empty cup into an empty cup, you're now just illuminated from within and casting light upon the multiple possibilities of life and the, the multiple people in the crowd. See, the many faces there are becoming one spiritual phoenix. So to further break into the, the, the change here and what it means is the third line is changing. And uh, let's see, the second line, all three, actually, now that I look at it, all three of the foundational lines are changing. Um, the top lines are not changing at all, of course, because it's still the lake or the joyous on top. So what this is saying about the dynamic of going from oppression to revolution is that first we close our root chakra as in we self-contain and hold our own life force energy at the root. We really, we clinch our sphincter, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) we no longer let that energy leak out of us through fear of survival. We know that we're supported on this realm and that we that the opportunities are limitless and we will find our way we open our sacral chakra we open to express our creative energy that doesn't mean maybe we i think the the closed root is also maybe saying that we, yeah, we retain some aspect of that but we're we need to open in the sense of like create things create children create 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 that's the open line and then the uh, third line is going from open to closed. So will solar plexus, golden light, that treasure chest area, close, self-contained. So self like contain our own root chakra energy, contain our own solar plexus energy, express our creative sacral energy. Um, that's kind of where it's at. And then the, the top lines are just closed, closed. Closed, open, meaning the crown chakra being open. We're we're led by the spiritual forces of the cosmos and synchronicity, rather than um, making every decision from a stance of knowing what it is that is best for us. We we know what's best for us through that dynamic of supporting at the root below, protecting our inner fire. So anyway, that's a cool one to go from oppression to revolution and. I'm trying to think if there's any numerical synchronicities. There are. There are. You're talking about 56. Uh, four, seven is the same number as 56 if you add it, right?
5: Oh, yeah. Yep. Comes to the <laughs> 11, reduces to the two. Nice.
0: Yeah. Anyway, there's probably more okay. six. I wanted to do that little divination for us, though, um, to help us with the idea of oppression energy and realize that it's. The idea that we need to like do everything for everybody else and feed them our life force energy that's causing us to feel oppressed. And that if we set the tone ourselves by radically protecting our own health and uh, creating the right boundaries for ourselves, that's going to turn the wheel of fortune. It's going to cast the middlemen out of their roles of prominence and power. It's going to spark the revolution. Or the uh, really the internal great work turn us into the phoenix. So yeah, what's up, Gabe? What do you you got anything for us?
5: Well, it's kind of amazing because I uh, did a huge leaf burning today, and a huge like immense amount of leaves, and so uh, I kind of feel like you know I had just done a a leaf burning uh, collection of these leaves three days ago. And then the wind blows and all my work is covered over again. I felt oppressed. (laughs) So I got off my ass. I went out, I collected all the leaves, huge, huge pile. And so then I, uh, put it all together and I'm burning it in the fire pit and I've got a cup full of gasoline and I'm releasing the Phoenix. And uh, listening to a, uh, presentation on, about water and, uh, about, uh, the storing of trauma and the fact that we are water, we are memory and, uh, to honor our ability to self cleanse. And so it's just kind of amazing because this read that you're doing. Is kind of like builds into my uh, entire experience there with the leaf burning today, because at the end of this uh, little, this little presentation on water, I was in tears and I was thinking about, you know, the water of my eyes and the water in my nose. <laughs> and I was literally having like a small little cleanse and uh, a little healing of trauma in that experience. So I just got to put that forward that your read was like uh capturing the vision of what my experience of the the day was today so that's really powerful
0: yeah the water the programmed water being purified by the fire by the light yep. sunlight kills yep. the the bad stuff in the water or purifies it yep. to and, I was, too.
5: and i was right next to the lake here too <laughs> it's pretty cool that was a pretty good read it hit home for me as it always does with you chance
0: that's neat too that the other thing i thought of is that 47 is uh reduces to the same as 56 giving you a you know 11 5 plus 6 is 11 4 plus 7 is 11 and 49 with revolution is 13 when you reduce it just Mm -hmm. like which is four just like two plus two of the major arcana is four so you're going from the minor arcana oppressed (laughs) to the major arcana
5: (laughs) <laughs>
0: Rising above. Rising up. Yeah. Yeah,
5: man. Going through through that wheel of fortune. Turning Rise into up, the, the higher realm.
0: Yeah, the first shall become uh, last or whatever. <laughs> the meek inherit the earth, I don't think.
5: That's right. The Muadib.
0: All right. <laughs> well, let's wrap up. You know, I gotta turn it off sometime. I just felt so jazzed from all this vibe ranting that I wanted to keep going. and I've got you here. We'll do more, Yeah. Buddy. yeah. Thanks for this was staying great. on late with me, Gabe. Anytime, oh, wait, man. wait, wait, wait. We got a last-minute share. Okay. Oh. Uh, a Daily Mail article that Yuliana just shared over here. Let's see what it says. Are we living underwater? Researchers believe the universe... Oh, no, my ad blocker. All right, all we can do is... I'm not turning this ad blocker off screw (sighs) that anyway researchers say believe the universe might be a liquid superfluid are they talking about ether and just giving it a new name that's what i think they're
5: doing yep yep
0: same well that's fun i'll share this article in the chat for anyone that doesn't have a an ad blocker to turn off their stupid ads and we'll wrap it up love you all homies uh Gordy, enjoy your, t- your bathtub, Epsom salt cleanse that you said you're doing. That sounds fun. <laughs> and much love, everybody. Thanks for hanging in there late with us and just letting us continue to vibe and rant. Gabe, I love you. And everyone in the chat, Such love you. Love, you. See you all later. <laughs>